Hello and welcome everyone to episode 417 of Conversation Street, Coronation Street podcast with Michael and Gemma. She is here with me, my lovely wife. Say hello, Gemma. Hello. Hello. We're a spoiler-free podcast about Coronation Street. Oh, I thought Street. you'd have to say that. You are. And we're talking about the episodes between the 4th and the 8th of May 2020 today. 8th of May being VE Day. V Day. Happy V Day, everybody. In fact, you might have already found our other bonus bit of podcast that we uploaded. Um, well, we just had uploaded it an hour or so ago, but in your time, it might be yesterday. So I hope you've enjoyed that, where we um, spent um, how long was it, an hour and 20 minutes or so talking about uh, Curry during World War II. Weatherfield well, what... at war. Yes. Um, it was about the V-Day celebrations on Coronation Street. It was a bit about the 50th anniversary of V-Day Corrie episode. It was about some of the Corrie books. Darren I Little, Percy Sugden. I really enjoyed talking about it. It was very fun and I hope everyone else enjoys it. Yeah, so if you like your Corrie history, the, the, the fake history of this fake people then you might you might love this fake (laughs) that was really interesting stuff i thought and it was Gemma's lovely idea to um to have that discussion on ve day isn't it tragic that we had a a fantastic time talking about a war but probably not going to enjoy so much talking about what happened on coronation street because it's very harrowing so harrowing poor yasmin free yasmin hashtag yeah good stuff on coronation street (laughs) this week again especially mondays mondays was very enjoyable but the main topic, talking point of the week, is the hair of the police officer. So what did we think about the police detective's hair? You'll find out later in this podcast, because that's, that's been what's on everybody's lips this week, I have to tell you. I love her. Oh, her no. Oh, spoiler. I don't care. Talk, I want everyone to know. <laughs> you, do, you, you certainly have been telling Twitter all week that you are a <laughs> big fan of, uh, of DS, Bad Fringe. As what the hell? I didn't coin that phrase. You know if that? it was you, you're listening. I call her DS Fringe McBangs. <laughs> I don't understand what the problem with her hair is. I she don't... looks super stylish and chic. I don't understand why after everything that's happened, the, the, the hairstyle of this police officer well, has been what's been on everybody's lips. But... I know. It's fashion, darling. You wouldn't understand. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> anyway, I can talk. I'm, my hair's still going all right at the moment. I, start, I haven't had my hair cut for a while. It's going bushy. Is it? I'm like, how's my burns I was looking doing? at your sideburns the other day you, going on. Am I looking like I belong on the Corrie 70s DVD with these burns at the no, moment? No, they wouldn't even have you. I've got a pair of Billy Walkers growing down the side They're of They're horizontal. <laughs> right, Gemma, what's going on? You should never be on? able to measure your hair width in, uh, across that plane. <laughs> Should be it should be down vertical only. <laughs> right. Um quiz Gemma. Yeah. Quiz me, baby. Okay. Thanks. This is stuff that happened between the fourth and the eighth of May in years ending in a zero and a five. Surely there's gonna be a question in this about V Day episode from nineteen ninety five. Yep. Good. Um because I watched that recently. Not that I remember everything that happened in it. Uh this is from Coronation Street dot fandom dot com. I know. I sourced it that wasn't a question i was telling you oh right on the 4th of may 2015 Mm -hmm. david platt flees weatherfield with his kids to escape abroad after he finds out sarah louise is dating whom callum logan yeah you can't just give me those looks because the listeners don't know Gemma's giving me the like i don't know is it a a mix between a paddington bear stare and a 
quizzical Chris Tarrant millionaire sort of you sure oh, that's your final answer you sort of look. me so much <laughs> <laughs> right so 4th of May 1970 yeah 4th of May 1970 yes which Corrie character celebrated their 21st birthday <sighs> should be an easy one 21st birthday on the 4th of May 1970 could it be Lucille Hewitt? It is Lucille <laughs> ah, Hewitt. Yes. The, the, the street's original teen. The, the, only, the only child on Coronation Street <laughs> for about the first 20 years of the programme. <laughs> 4th of May 2000. Who reveals to Natalie Barnes that Jez Quigley killed her son, Tony Horrocks? Who reveals to Natalie Barnes that Jez Quigley? I still um, can't follow what the hell's going on with this story. Gosh, but I've I, don't been know. I don't know who told her. I assume it wasn't Jez himself. So maybe... Leanne? No. Steve? Yeah, it was Steve. Oh, I was going to say Steve first. Well, Why don't I change it to Leanne? Come on, give me half a mark for getting it. No, you don't guess. get half marks. This Man. is a quiz. You're no Chris. No, actually, Chris Tarrant. Chris Tarrant would be like, I'll give you half, give you a, half million. a million. Because you got so far. <laughs> Maybe that's what happens at the end. I don't know. No, if you get to... Actually, the, the, the one before a million is half a million, isn't it? So it's like, you can't lose. <laughs> Go on, next then. Um, 6th of May, 1970. Mm-hmm. Which character leaves Audrey and the street for good? 1970? 6th of May, 1970. Which character oh, not leaves Audrey. Audrey and the street for good? Dickie Fleming. Dickie Flippin' Fleming. <laughs> That's a tongue twister. <laughs> Flippin' Flippy... Flippy Dickie... Flippy Dickie Fleming Flits. <laughs> Is what that storyline title If only we be. had been around to write stupid storyline titles. I, got, I haven't got any good ones for this, I can tell you. I don't think it's appropriate. Go on. 6th of May, 2005. Silla Brown starts work in which fast food establishment? I'm going to say Wong's Chippy. Yep, Wong's Chippy. I didn't get that one, Wong. <laughs> Two Wong's for me. Anyway, uh, 7th of May, 2010. What is Tracy granted permission to do from prison? Go to Blanche's funeral. Yeah. Storming. I am storming this on this yeah. week. 8th of May, 1945. Yes. Who ruins the V.E. Del- who ruins the VE Day celebrations by dying and what was their profession? It was Tommy Foyle and he was working at the corner shop. <laughs> yeah, so I wanted to see if you were paying attention to your own notes. <laughs> 8th of May, 1995. Who surprises Betty Turpin during the 50th anniversary of VE Day doing a recreation pub crawl? <laughs> Billy Williams. This is this is nice and easy for me this week. This we have is just easy been talking as well about this. to play along with at home if you listen to the Yeah, if you if you listen to this in order that yeah. we released it. Eighth of May two thousand and five. Why do Scylla and Les get engaged? Um for the wedding presents. Yeah. Well done. Is that it? Oh that's good. I've got them almost all right this week. You got eight out of nine. Eight out of nine. Well done, Michael. Well done, Michael. Round of applause. Congrats. Have you ever got full marks? I can't remember. Of course I have. Never. Right, here, here I are... I get it every week, really. This week is just a, it's a bad week for me. Here are the Corrie birthdays. Okay. For, for the 9th to the 15th of May. On the 9th of May, Tracy Brabin, who played Trisha Armstrong. Sally Carmen's birthday. Oh, Trisha Brabin. Tracy Brabin, MP. She's storming it on Classic Coronation Street at the moment. I'm quite enjoying her stuff. And Sally Carmen, who plays Abby Sally Carmen, even more important. Sally even Barber. more important than an MP. Sally Carman. She's the man. He does cars. Emma Woodward, who is Sophie Webster the second. Yes. Tenth of May. Maureen Lipman, who plays Evelyn Plummer. This is an amazing week for birthdays. Yeah. When did you say her birthday is? Tenth of May. 
Ah, okay. It's a Sunday, isn't it? Yes. Um, Dylan and Hayden Whitbread, who play Freddie Peacock II. Mm. And Logan Blake Pearson, who is Liam Connor II. 13th of May, Robert Dorning, who played Wally Hunt in Pardon the Expression and Turn Out the Lights. Blimey, that's a deep cut there, Joa. I don't think anybody's going to be sending him a birthday card. Harsh. Harry Driver, who was a Coronation Street writer and storyliner and also the writer and first producer of Pardon the Expression. Sounds quite important to me. And Imogen Moore, who was Liam Connor the first. Oh, lovely. Nice, very um, gender neutral. There. I know, Imogen, that's, that's a girl's name. I think that it doesn't matter. When they're a baby. They're a baby. <laughs> uh, 14th of May, Bobby Bradshaw, who's Jake Windass. Okay. Current Lots Jake of kids Windass this... or old Jake Windass? Just as Jake. Just Jake. Just Jerk. There's loads of babies and stuff, isn't there? All of these. Yeah, I don't know. Why haven't we got one yet? A baby? <laughs> Keep going. Oh, well, do you want to get into it? <laughs> 15th no. of May. Jack Wat- Watson, he played Bill Gregory and directed Julian Gerald. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to all those everyone. people for the coming week. That's it. Uh, that's it. Right, we're going to talk about this week's Corrie then, shall we yes, now? Let's, let's move over to Street's Talk and Dive In right there now. Hello everyone, welcome to the Street Talk section where we talk about what happened on Coronation Street this week. Ooh, what a week. Um, it wasn't as, ooh, what a week as last week, I have to say. Still pretty dramatic. It was. Monday's episode was awesome, despite that fringe Oh, shut up. <laughs> and I felt, I don't think that the other stories held up as well as uh, the Yasmin. I mean, they had a lot to live up to, but I did find that with some of the other stories, I, I wasn't being quite engaged. And every time something came up that wasn't in the Yasmin story, I was just like going, come on, get out of the way. Gary, I'm not interested. Shut up, Paul. Paul, just deal with that living with you. I'm not interested in what's wrong with Ollie. What's happening with Yasmin? Well, I thought it was all good. Did so. you? First episode, obviously, is the Yaz fighting storyline where we discover what happens post-stabbing yes. with Jeff. Um, then we've got Kelly's Gary DNA Angel. <laughs> I've got a really bad storyline to us this week. G- Gary DNA Angel. Gary and Kelly. Basically. Then we've got Asha Flash's Nina Bashes. Very yes. good. She did do a bit of a... This yeah, week, didn't she, she old Nina? Did, yeah. Gloves are off. They are. David, just David. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. And then serious case of the Ollie Wobbles. Bit more about. Yeah, they're very, very little. Oliver. They're dripping mm. that, aren't they? They're doing the same thing with that that they did with the Jeff and Yasmin story. Uh, starting it, starting it starting slow it because they've got plenty of time to carry on this There's story. So much oh time. wait. Um, so Joe, go on. You you can uh, take the lead for the Yasmin story right. this week then. So so Friday's episode was the first half of a two part intended episode double Yasmin and Jeff special and so Monday picks up as though we were coming back from the break it was so much better having the weekend it was it was really good whereas before it'd be like oh I do have to wait half an hour or even if like you know you you, maybe you record it at half past seven and just watch it all from eight till nine which which we've done before this time it was a whole uh, yeah two two days days. yeah so we blur in to Yasmin standing over Jeff She's looking at him with a mixture of shock and disgust. Because as you might remember, last time we saw the pair of them, she was glassing in the throat. Yeah, and old Jeff was jiggling it down on the floor. On the floor, making a mess on the carpet. 
Sally and Tim walked past and they were a bit disgruntled because they had invited, or Sally had invited them to go to the bistro for some kind of preview of the menu. And they didn't go because um, Yasmin was, uh, Yasmin and Jeff left early because of all the drama. And um, everyone is a bit annoyed and they think that Yasmin is in the wrong because she made a scene. And so uh, they're talking about this and Sally says, we should just check in to see if Yasmin's all right. Cause she was acting so strangely. They knock on the, uh, they knock on the doorbell <laughs> um, and they give up because there's no reply. Yasmin is in the house and she's refusing to answer the door. It's she's more crouched she, out. Well, yeah. she's just, she's, she's just, just in shock. She's absolutely. in a day. She's, she's got a potentially, well, she, she's convinced she that Jeff's he's dead. dead. Even yeah. when the police arrive later, she's yeah, like, no, okay. you're wasting. Sorry. So she's on the floor, crouched down with her, with her dress on, wiping the blood off on there. Luckily, it's a red dress. Very clever wardrobe choice there from that department to get away with being able to show this at half past seven. That's true. Um, she goes and starts to wash her hands and it's Jeff's control on her is still evident. It probably isn't so evident now because she's singing happy birthday, which is something that everyone has to do now to wash their hands. But um, at the time, the reason why she was singing happy birthday was because Jeff had told her that she has to wash her hands properly and that's how to do it. That's really interesting because when, when that first happy birthday um, came, into the show. came into the show back in March, people were like, oh, that's because we're all having to do that now. Yeah. And, and, and the writers had to say, no, it's not, that was just in it. So I, I wonder whether if, 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 if everything hadn't been going on, would we have watch this on Monday and why, why is she singing happy birthday would we have forgotten because it was just an off the cuff remark wasn't no, it that I, Jeff made before okay and no, it only I, stayed in our head no it didn't I know you. I've known about this for years what what you how, how to wash your yeah, hands yeah no I do as well I just, no I know I just... that it would have st- I know that I would have known okay I'm telling you you might not have I wouldn't have remembered but I would have remembered that. Okay. And I, I'm not just tooting my own horn. It's because I've had a thing about this for about three years now. <laughs> and I used to be very proud about the fact that I knew how to wash my hands properly. Now everybody knows. So there's no point. There's <laughs> <laughs> another skill to cross off the old CV. There's no point in boasting about this anymore. God damn it. It's like your key skills, GCSE, Gemma. Everyone's got it there. Everyone can use Word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can. But cross that word one out. processing skills. <laughs> So, but can everybody record a podcast? Yeah, now they can again. There's another skill you oh, yeah. learn. <laughs> so, yeah, they're gossiping about Yasmin and the Rovers, aren't they? And a lot of people were mad about this. Yeah, there was Carla there, Peter, Kathy, Brian. Eileen's kind of standing on the edge of it. Eileen was just listening and kind of giving everybody the side eye a little bit there. Mm. Um, she says, I saw Jeff. Uh, Yasmin and it did seem actually as though Jeff was the one that had a cob on not Yasmin so she's sort of standing up a little bit here and saying ah this accepted narrative that we've made of of Yasmin being the one in the wrong I'm I'm not gonna go along with that I know what I saw mm. and it wasn't that I've seen lots of people going sort of really saying they hate Kathy and Eileen at various points during this week and it's not been it's not been clear to me which side of the fence especially Cathy has been on on this because on the one one minute she's having a bit of a gossip about it and the other minute she's going have a hang on a minute and and today she was saying I feel I feel guilty I why think... didn't we notice before so okay I, I I am getting a bit fed up with people who are so judgy of people that are actually being written pretty realistically and I think it was quite good of Corey to have Cathy wavering back and forward of yeah. going no, Yasmin's a bitch. She was horrible to me. 
Uh, she's not normally like that, though. Wonder why? Oh, she's a librarian. She's so uptight. They but, did keep mentioning her. This is the first time in years that Yasmin's yeah. ex-librarian status has been mentioned. And it was like, like three call-outs on Mondays, isn't it? Kathy was like, rejected oh, she's a closed book. to her face by Yasmin, who basically kicked her out of her house. And she is going to feel betrayed and hurt. Mm. Rightly or wrongly, she's still a human being and she doesn't know what's happened. And if you're going to blame Kathy and and Brian I think Brian's the least sympathetic to be honest he is he's the most gossipy um you're ignoring the fact that people can know couples who are in the situation and never realize that this is going on behind closed doors it's not anyone's responsibility you you can't lay the blame on people on acquaintances and friends and say it's their fault I think it's really unfair yeah no I've got no I I, I don't People who who live in these relationships often have trouble recognising what's going on, let alone people that only really ever see the best side of an abuser. Yeah. Because Jeff has taken great pains to present himself as an incredibly nice person to Mm. everybody. I just think people are being really harsh all the way through this (laughs) storyline. Everybody is just so blinkered about taking Yasmin's side and, and I think at that because we all love Yasmin I though. know but you're missing out on so much nuance if you do that and and self-examination as well like you, would you really act the way you think you would no you wouldn't you only think that because you've seen Yasmin going through it and yeah. and only only Jeff and Yasmin know the truth mm-hmm. anyway and Jeff's cameras Ooh. so Jeff's phone then starts to ring and he gets a text from Fago. It's sort of talking about, oh, granddad, blah, blah. Um, and she just kind of, I think this brings her back to, to earth a little bit. Yeah. And so she dials 999 and she says, huh, I need... No, they say, who do you want? Well, they, yeah, they're like, hello, 999. What, how may I help you? <laughs> Ghostbuster as well you want. And, and, she, and they're like, and she doesn't know what to say. And then they say, do you want fire, police, ambulance... Coast Guard, maybe? And she says, I've just killed my husband. (laughs) So immediately they send the police and the ambulances. Everyone's gossiping in the rovers. They hear the sirens and they realise that they're not just going, passing through. They're they're stopping. They see the ambulances outside Jeff and Yasmin's house and it's an ambulance and they think immediately it's his heart because he's been big enough that he's got heart problems this whole time. They're confused when the police are there as well. What is going on? She, we, we cut to inside the house. Yasmin is on the sofa with a police officer. They're asking her questions about who, who are you? Who's this? And she keeps saying, there's no point trying to help him. He's dead. He's dead. Tim comes running in um, and tells the PC that he's, he's Jeff's son. And then the paramedic says... Um, there's faint, there's faint breathing here. We better get him quickly to the, the hospital. So, Jeff is not dead, everybody, in case you, in case you were wondering. Because <laughs> we didn't know last week. Were convinced last if he week, was going to live they? or die, but we said, prediction. We said he wasn't going to be dead For storyline purposes, there is still he has to be. a lot more <laughs> that lot needs more to be to told and, it needs to and be, he needs to be alive. If you're sick of this storyline, you better just stop watching it. Honestly, just stop watching the show and ruining it for everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not going to stop. There's a long way to go. There is a long this. way to go, I think. Um, they put him into the ambulance. Ryan's there, phones Alia, 
And only gets her answer phone because she's still bigging it up in Spain. No, she doesn't. He doesn't. I wrote that down, but that doesn't actually happen. He, okay. He he's he said that he's spoken to Alia and she's gonna she's taking the first um, flight home. I think and she then, was screening his calls. And then he says he's <laughs> gonna phone her again. Okay, so we watched it for the second time earlier this evening, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. We watched a few bits for for, and I'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> Yasmin then is brought out, and everybody. Nobody knows what's going on. They see Jeff being loaded into the into the ambulance. They see Yasmin looking upset. They're like, oh, don't worry, Yasmin. Everything all right? Are you okay? You can come with me to the hospital. Let's go. And the police officer's like, she's going nowhere. She's coming to the station with us. And then they basically say, um, they shove her into the police car. Um, We're just going to publicly arrest you in front of your friends and neighbours. Does she get arrested there? I think so. So they don't put cuffs on her, which I think was very interesting and strange. And you see a really brilliant shot of Yasmin sitting in the police car, in the back of the police car, and the, the reflection is Sally's face. I and, didn't even notice that the first time. And so time. you see both women's face in the w- window of a police car. Yeah. Really good. Sa- Sally is the key to this, I think. All the, throughout Sally's the week, she's like, to... I don't completely believe you, Jeff. She's yeah. going to be on Yasmin's side. Absolutely. Yeah. Friction I mean, in the Metcalf household. She's saying, Yasmin's saying, tell him I'm sorry, please, etc., etc. And Tim's got into the, um, into the ambulance, gone to the hospital with Jeff. And um, we, and we are introduced to a new character who is a police officer. Yeah, I don't think that we see this other one again. It's the, the, the stripping officer. Well, no, I know. I don't, this, isn't a new, this isn't a new one. I think I've seen this woman before in the show as a mm. police officer but she's she makes she says oh, i need all your clothes and here's a tracksuit and again it's it's really symbolic of like stripping yasmin's dignity like quite literally well, it is as well it reminded me of um it was like the scene where she was having to undress for jeff yeah as well just last week yeah and, and, so, even, and even yasmin has to ask uh the officer to help her with a zip and everything yeah yeah that that, that officer was just um she wasn't criticising or anything. Well, no, she, she was just said, like, I need your clothes, give me your clothes. Yeah, she seemed to be sympathetic, but, you know, it's just a just. Then a we get the, the knight in shining armour, lovely Imran turns up, and he is so nice and sweet. And, um, and, and initially, Yasmin is saying, oh, I, I don't know the passwords, I don't know I don't know how to get on there. Alia's got money, and Imran's like, no, you don't need to pay me money. Tell me what happened. Um, Shut up, Yasmin. Don't even run. Just yeah. gossip. Oh my babe. God, <laughs> babes, tell me what happens. So, Did you hear about Jeff? Oh, guys, I'm nice and poor, man. <laughs> Do you know you nearly killed your husband? It is well bad. So, go on, anyway, this is what happens. Was he being a dick? <laughs> so, she's, he's saying, Look, were you drinking? Did you have an argument? Are they going to find your fingerprints on the wine bottle? And Yasmin's like, I hit him and it was quiet. And it's like, yeah, well, we all know how that is when oh, someone just won't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Ryan in the Rovers. He's talking about I can't get hold of Alia, and he talks about Yasmin, and he he knows that some that there was there was this abuse with with Yasmin, and she's been pushed to the breaking point. Then a cop comes in to the pub and asks around, finds Kathy and Brian. They they say yeah we're friends, and so they get questioned. Brian's gossiping. And Kathy's like, ah, hmm, 
it's difficult to tell now I think about it what was going on between them but it's clear they had an argument and she's saying oh they've only been married they haven't been married for very long and, and you know trying to be helpful but they're very confused now because um they're not all just jumping on the bandwagon of well she must she's an awful woman she definitely had tried to kill her husband you know mm. they're like what that's weird that's weird what happened well, I don't really know so Sally takes Faye to go and see Jeff at the hospital and Tim's there and he's like we shouldn't have brought Faye he could granddad's gonna die um Faye's like saying hang in there we need you and then Tim's saying to Sally well where's Jasmine she should be here and Sally's like I think she did it she's been arrested Tim can't believe this um, and he says, Jeff is very weak. He's got a very slow pulse. We might need to prepare ourselves. And poor Faye's sitting there like, oh. I think I'd feel more sorry for Faye at this point if we'd seen you know, more than a handful of uh, yeah, scenes between Faye and Jeff over the course of the last you know, two years nearly. But I'm sure they've been in a couple of scenes together. Yeah, I know. I'm but, more um, just thinking about how I felt when my granddad was in hospital. Yeah. Because, um, you know, for lots of kids, that's your first time that you realise that grown-ups are uh, not immortal. Well, Faye's mum's dead. I know. <laughs> so she can she can shut up milking it and then can't she? Faye's mum's dead and her foster mum stabbed feeling to death. She knows what death is. <laughs> yes, she does, Michael. <laughs> Where are we? The, so DS Abney, we're introduced to, as I call her on Twitter, DS Fringe McBangs, because... She has an amazing haircut, and I don't it's know bar, why people are saying they don't like it, and it's a bad haircut. It's not a bad haircut. You can not like it if you want to, but it's a very well-executed haircut, and it's chic, and it's fashionable, <laughs> and I think she's great. Yasmin is in shock. She's disorientated. She doesn't really know what's happened still. She's kind of hysterical, Um You've got, so you've got DS Abney, you've got anonymous police sidekick and you've got Imran all in the room with this interview. And um, she's saying things like, he wasn't moving, blood, knife. And Imran's like, maybe we shouldn't be asking her questions at the moment. She's in shock. She's in shock. And then the police officer's like, we don't need to ask her what happened. She already told us. Play the 999 call. And then you hear Yasmin going, hello, yes, it's Yasmin. I killed my husband. If you can come and take his corpse, it won't be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Imran's like, oh, how do you hell, Yasmin? <laughs> why, why do I? God, I should have asked her for money. <laughs> <laughs> Yasmin said he was... I have to get... work overtime for this one, get you out of this, I yes. think he's probably just thinking, well, I guess I don't need you to do much effort into this. It's open shut, isn't it? It's only veggie lasagna for tea tonight. I don't mind. Yasmin's going to be in like... veggie lasagna in prison. Oh, is that what they give them? I don't know. <laughs> it sounds awful. So <laughs> Yasmin was saying he's going on and on and on, and I just wanted it to stop. And then Imran says, Can we please stop the interview? And DS Abney says, Yes, fine. And they terminate, terminate the interview. Um, then, then there's a, a cut, which is a bit of a weird cut, because normally, again, we, we were talking about last week, you cut away to show time passing to a different group of characters. But instead, we cut to Imran and DS Abney in the, another room, in so, sort of a staff room, I suppose, I guess, the, having the a drink, room. coffee room. Um, and he's saying it's self-defence. And the, I, re- I just really like DS Abney. I think people are so harsh because they're on... on Yasmin's side and I got lectured on on Twitter and in messages you, by people who were uh, yeah I know I did I, I stood my ground and I said no she's not said anything wrong 
And if you think police officers are there to not make judgment calls based on people confessing and standing over bodies with, with blood on their hands, I think you're being a bit naive, really. The police officer's job is not to be nice to people who've committed crimes. It, their job is to find out what happened. And sometimes you have to be a bit cruel to somebody and a bit um, insistent to get them to tell you what happened. I, it just came off. It came off a little bit off to me. And I'm not going to start trying to argue with this because I know that I'm not going to win here. But she, it, the, the scenes with her in came across as feeling a little bit off and it felt like she was... Kind of going, get out of this one then, Yasmin. And oh, it was listen, clear I'm sorry, Yasmin... what is she supposed to think? A woman phones the police and says, I've killed my husband. Police go round there, he's on the floor, she's got blood on her hands, there's a, there's a wine bottle with her fingerprints on, and she's like, yeah, I killed my husband. And what are you supposed to do then? Go, oh, what, what did he do? He must have been horrible to you. But she was, she was pushing Yasmin too hard when she was... Clearly in a state of shock. Yasmin no. was, was, couldn't even get a sentence As soon out. as Imran said, we, we need to stop, she said, fine, let's stop. I, people were having a go at me and saying, no, she was being too harsh and you're saying the same thing. And I said, okay, I hold my hand up. I'll probably need to watch it again. Watched it again today and I stand by what, exactly what I said. She could have been a lot worse. She could have been really horrible. She's sitting across... From, an, from somebody who's tried to murder someone. She doesn't know the full extent of the situation or, and the circumstances because all she knows is what she's literally been told by the person who committed the crime. At no point was she unnecessarily cruel or harsh, but she was insisting that Yasmin tell her what happened. And when she said, I mean, wouldn't you be a bit smug if you're a police officer and, and you're like, what happened? And she's like, oh, I don't know. And you're like, well, we know what happened because you already told us, actually. She, she, just, let's she came across as a bit snide. It was almost like, you know, she hasn't been able to send anyone down for a good long time. And she's like, I've got this one in the bag. Yeah. Like, even DS McKinnon's managed to get more uh, more crims sent behind bars than me in the last month. Well, I'm going to have a takeover with this one. You're a police officer. You spend all day long with people who are, frankly, scummy, horrible bottom feeders burglarising people beating up grannies you know doing committing all kinds of crimes and then so what so you're supposed to treat people differently depending on what whether they're middle class or older because she's got nice hair people are people really really want us to have a justice system where the police treat people differently according to whether they're a nice looking old lady compared to a, a like a scallywag young kid they should be treating everyone the same and unfortunately if you're a police officer that means treating everybody like scum i think at the time as well and people were saying but yasmin's got in touch with the police or she's she's been talking to the police before and she's she's been looking into claire's law and everything and the maybe police... they're assuming that abney should know about this and it seems well, clear that she she, she didn't, didn't know about or it she did Do so what's feel... her listen what's her first responsibility to immediately get that woman into a into an interview room to find out from her what happened. Can you tell me what happened? Or should she be going off looking in the records just to see if there's any information? No, because if she let Yasmin sit and think, if Yasmin was a cold-blooded murderer, if this was Jeff in that seat, people would be clamouring for her to be horrible. Anyway, she needs to get Yasmin in that room before she's had a chance, if she were a cold-blooded criminal... To think of a reason and an explanation and some kind of cover story. You don't let people sit around thinking up alibis for themselves. You get them in the interview room and you ask them. 
Is that not the most basic way of investigating a crime? You get the per- this is shouldn't be controversial. I feel like I'm crazy. <laughs> I feel like every like everyone's driving me crazy here. This think- police officer took somebody who confessed to a murder into an interview room and said, "What happened? You don't remember? Might this jog your memory? I killed him. So what did you did you kill him or not?" I think and everyone's like thing, what a bitch I'm just going to say this a bit of misogyny maybe because she's a strong woman asking questions she's not allowed to be harsh women. there's, there's Beckett well, there's McKinnon listen, there's Abney yeah they are and they all get they all get slagged off I, I think it's also people are a bit going oh here we go so another so another Coronation Street character has been wrongfully accused of saying they're going to get banged um, up and can everyone's going to can I stop you I don't. I know that there is extenuating circumstances here, but I also have take great, uh, um, what's the word? Umbridge. With the with this continual statement that people are saying that she didn't do a crime, she didn't commit a crime. She did. She stabbed him in the neck with a, with a wine bottle, and unfortunately, whether or not she was provoked or if there was a reason, the crime was committed. There's no nothing in the law books that says you're allowed to stab people that are mean to you. Do you think that she did it in self-defence? Would it count as self-defence? Because I, I would say that last week we would say it, it was, but it, when Imran and Abney were talking and, and he was saying that, she was like, well, no, she, she hit him with a bottle. That could have been self-defence. But then when she, she stabbed him with a jagged end in the neck, she probably didn't need they to do that. They asked her what happened and she didn't say that. So as far as... So far, D.S. Abney, all she's done is said, Yasmin, what happened? But they, but she knows, Abney knows that there was the hit and the stab because of the, yeah. the wounds on her. So what, you're not supposed to ask people questions right, if you uh, think you already know the answers. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And the other thing is, this was the initial stage of the investigation. Yes, she has to go and ask Yasmin. Whether she's upset or not, it doesn't make any difference. She has to go and ask her straight away. Because if she doesn't, people are going to be asking why wasn't she Im- immediately interviewed? And the whole thing could go wrong. She has to stick to like the procedures surely right and that was the first part the first step the first stage of course she's going to ask yasmin what happened and then what does she do she went and talked to imran and she said do you know what this is what i think happened and now i'm going to go and investigate and then what did she do for the rest of the week she effing investigated and she's spoken to different people and she didn't just go well i've interviewed yasmin she did it that's the end of it just we just send her off to court. She's investigating. She listened to Alia. She listened to Jeff. She doesn't know anything more than what Yasmin's told her. But when she goes and talks to people, she listens to what they say. And she can't, She has to listen to what everybody says. And she's the one that said to Jeff, mm, you know, it's quite interesting to me that you said that you had three different women mm. all attack you because they're all drunken harpies. Tell you what, Jen, when she goes for inspector, she's going to put you down as a referee. I'll go in, I'll fight somebody. I'll fist fight somebody for her. I think we need to get back to the synopsis. I'm just so mad about this because people... It's not so much that people are upset because Yasmin is going for a tough time. It's that they can't stop and think, the reason that I'm mad at DS Abney is because I feel so sympathetic to Yasmin. If it was anybody else sitting in that interview room, if it was Gary being interviewed because he he beat Rick Neen to death, nobody would be sympathetic and going, DS Abney's so mean to Gary. Why is she being so mean and asking him what he did when all he did was kill him in (laughs) self-defence? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see, I see. I just feel like everyone's gone mad, apart from me. (laughs) 
and her fringe is great. <laughs> anyway, I just had to get it off my chest because it's been really annoying me. All week. And I listened. You were I listened. I did go and li- watch, and I was perfectly prepared to be wrong and watch it back and go, no, she was being really harsh. But actually, when I watched it back today, I was like, she's even less bitchy than I thought she was. I, was, I think the second time I watched it, I thought she's she's not as bad as I thought. Watch she was. it again. Watch it again. Initially. If, if you if you want, if you're prepared to give me even just the smallest amount of reasonable doubt that perhaps I might not just be insane and I might be taught just watch it again oh I'm so mad what happened next Gemma so anyway so so Imran and um Imran and uh DS Abney are talking and she's like I don't know I don't think it was self-defense because she hit him twice which is you know fair enough Mm. so she says I'm not going to rush to charge her but let's see if uh, we'll, we'll speak to Jeff when he wakes up. And he's, but she does say if he doesn't wake up, it's a completely different story. Yeah. Here. Imran goes back to Yasmin, says, I'm there for you. And this was really sweet because he says... Yes, it was, wasn't it? He said, um, I know, I know you, you stood by Rana when everyone else was being horrible to, to her. And um, that was after uh, yeah. the whole Kate... Rana yeah, Kate, yeah. And also, yeah. I also need to point out that just because I think that DS Abney's doing a good job does not mean I don't feel sympathetic to Yasmin and I don't understand that she was traumatised and it was not really a great time to ask her questions. But she does get asked again later, mm. doesn't she? So it's not like they went, well, you get one shot at an interview and you <laughs> screwed it up, so you're not, talk- not talking to you again. Imran says, listen, please, I need you to think before you speak or just don't say anything at all. You, you need to give me uh, an opportunity to build a case. You're gonna, you could be looking at a murder charge if he doesn't wake up, but you have to trust me. Otherwise, you're finished. So on Wednesday, poor Yasmin is... We only see one uh, scene that with Yasmin. Was, oh, yeah, that was the worst bit of Wednesday's episode. Only one Yasmin scene on Wednesday. Yeah, she... Oh, Shelley, she's been working like, her socks off on for the last couple of episodes. You need a bit of a break. Like, she looks like she's losing her mind. Although they did have her cleaning the cell, didn't they? She starts to clean the cell wall. Um... I don't know enough about trauma, PTSD and things like this to sort of say anything about... It, it felt just kind to of me, scene feels natural to her now. It's an instinct. So she I needs just to felt clean. that just she was coming across her. as a bit brainwashed. Yeah. And... Well, even and it was, a bit it, loony. It, 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 the, the cell cleaning was quite like the birth, the happy birthday when she was. Yeah, e- no. Even with I Jeff unconscious, she's, she's still you know under his influence. No, I think she's comforting herself for things that have fixed problems in the past. Mm, yeah, that's true. Things that have got her praise. Yeah, perhaps. Well done, you've done good cleaning. Well done, you've washed your hands. Because yeah. I don't, I don't know that being brainwashed is the same as being. And gaslighted and abused. It's all it's mental different. manipulation. I know it's slightly different, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know enough about it, but it just felt to me like it was a bit. She was a bit too like crazy woman in the attic. Maybe she thought if I make this cell spotless, DS Abner will treat me nicer next time. No, she was being professional. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, forensics are there taking photos, bagging the phone up, getting the knife. That they're, they're being watched by Jeff's camera, and we get to see the, the them doing it through through the screen of Jeff's... Just find the camera. I just need to point something there's out. Going to be a whole, there's going to be a whole section of Coronation Street fans that will shut up, including me, we need to, when they find the camera. We need somebody to just help us. They, and it, they keep showing it. And the more that they keep showing it, the more people are saying, why has nobody found the camera? Can I just point something out that we have all... I think when we originally saw the camera, it 
wasn't didn't we see it was kind of like a bulky thing that went into the CD was yeah it wasn't you know I think hidden. I think we're gonna have to acknowledge that it's possible that Jeff may have replaced it with something that is virtually invisible because it really is not logical that nobody has found this camera especially Yasmin as she's been cleaning really, therefore really we isn't. have to conclude that it is very well hidden or inside something else. It's mm. not like nanny cams in the 90s, like a big circle or inside a bear's stomach. <laughs> you know, it must I mean, be they, hidden they've got more his, carefully. They've got his phone now as well, haven't they? Which will have some evidence relating to the camera. I mean, well, found not it only yet. that, will it have the video that he took of Yasmin when he Probably. abused her? I was going, like, hey, Look right, at you, you I hope that next week that they, they find that because but that's another lingering another thing question. which is waiting to be found. They took the phone... Are they allowed to look on the phone if they don't have a reason to? I don't know what the law is. I think, do you not need, I think you need a warrant. I think, well, they're not going to be able to get into it without his permission. Mm. I think if he says, yeah, go look at my phone, here's the code. I think they can just look on it. But if they, he's like, no, I want my phone back. I think they'd have to have a warrant to search it. Yeah, you might. I remember them saying, reading something about that when we were talking about should you have a passcode or should you have your fingerprint. Well, this is what I said to you about this. This is my paranoia. I don't have, I don't have. They can't make you give your password, but they can. Let me just explain it. Let me just explain it. Your your fingerprint or your biometric data. By that I mean your your eyes and scans and all this stuff. Is is first of all, you can never change it once once it's been recorded. It's not like a password where if somebody gets it, they can they can you you can change your password to something different. Mm. Your fingerprint's always your fingerprint, and your eye scan's always your eye scan. So you should never give that information to somebody unless you have no other option. Because once they've got that data, they can use it whenever they like. Yeah. Secondly, if you are in, I think in the states, I don't know about in the UK, but they can. Um, your password is information that they that that you don't have to give, mm. but your fingerprint is part of your body and therefore is not a privileged piece of information. Well, they take your fingerprints, don't they? When they... Well, no, but you're, you you don't use a fingerprint to unlock a phone. You use a finger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you can't be compelled to give evidence against yourself, but your body can be. I just it, to... it feels to me like they the reason that they showed them taking the phone is because they are going to look into it. I I can't see the point of them purposely showing them take the phone if they're yeah, just going to give it. Yeah, I'm just a bit confused him. about that, but I'm showing my ignorance perhaps about how the law works. And if anybody knows any more, let me know. Don't tell me that you like you hate DS Avenue though, because I'm not interested. I've heard enough about it already. <laughs> Tim is in the hospital. If you're going to talk about people that are useless bastards who should be murdered, it's Tim, isn't it? Oh, poor Tim. If you're going to if you're going to take the dislike to somebody for no apparent reason, which seems to be what people have done to DS Abney, then I I I feel fully um able to just unleash on Tim. Yeah, you can't you can't say anything about his fringe though. Ain't got one. <laughs> And get anything. What's worse? <laughs> anyway, no, I'm not. I don't mean to be mean to Tim. Um, I didn't. He's I, had a hard time this week, any old Tim. He's a bit worried and he's a bit confused. He's definitely, um, he's definitely fully on board with blaming Yasmin without really critically examining whether that makes any sense. You would. That's completely but, understandable. But you know, at the same time, would you feel any less? Would it feel any less weird to just crit- uncritically accept the fact that your dad's a villain mm. and has been the whole time? Yeah. Just as much, more unlikely, perhaps, yeah. Yeah. To, to you, to, to imagine. 
Um, he says that the fact that Yasmin said she was sorry as soon as she was carted off is confession enough for him. He doesn't need to hear anything else. It's clearly her that did it. And the officer comes in to ask any more. Inf- uh, she can't tell them anything else. She just, I don't know, she commented to hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi, how you doing? Everyone thinks I'm a bitch, but I just come see how you are, really. Do you want me to get you some tea? <laughs> She's so sweet. We don't see it. We don't see the nice side of her. <laughs> um... Kathy is at Eileen's. Yes, yeah, so she's spying out the window, isn't she? She's looking at the uh, the, the police outside, and there's this this is kind of an interesting scene where they uh, I referred to earlier them trying to trying to piece together and say, oh, did it? Did there was there an argument that got out of hands? Oh, I don't know. I mean, and and Eileen tells Kathy about the fact that Jeff seemingly locked. Yasmin in the house and then they talk more about the magic box incident they're kind of skirting well, yeah, around the it thing and is going, oh, that, that Kathy thinks she knows what happened but she and then she's starting to realise that she doesn't know mm, there's, there's even more to it mm. Alia arrives at the police station and obviously in a state and gets the lowdown from Ryan um, then we get a scene with Jeff waking up and he's panicking he's flailing about he's trying to pull scene. the oxygen mask off. I love that I thought it, it felt to me a bit like they wished he had, he was intubated because that is the natural, like a lot of people when they wake up, if they've been intubated, they'll mm. immediately try to claw it out of their face because you can feel it in your throat. Yeah. Whereas an oxygen mask, is, you, you kind there. of immediately know, I've got an oxygen mask on. Yeah. But I guess people who are confused would take that off it as was well. A very kind and of, they're trying to put it back on. Yeah. And it's like, no, I don't want oxygen. I don't need it. He doesn't, he's not drowsy or anything, is he? He's just come straight to. I love the fact that he, it looks as though he's been plotting her downfall. Yeah, I think even he's. In a coma. I think he's. He's been um, fully aware of what's been going on for a good 10, 15 minutes. Pretending. Been, what am I gonna say? God damn okay, it. so I've got my what, story what straight. Wow, I get this mask off me. She tried to kill me. I find this so sinister because he clearly is so evil <laughs> that he's got his fake story straight mm. immediately upon regaining consciousness from a traumatic. Yeah. injury like a near fatal injury they're losing all that blood and he's immediately like it's all my wife's fault I, uh, it may, may be a bit unrealistic I think I it is very know. unrealistic to be honest I don't but... really know anyone that's been smashed around the head and then stabbed in the neck but and whether for... or not they wake up like this or not but for the drama for purposes, the evil drama yeah I, I thought I, this was I enjoyed quite it. yeah <laughs> um, Imran updates Alia and Ryan on Jeff and says he's awake and he's yelling <laughs> I still haven't worked out about Yasmin, but she phoned the police and said she killed him, so I have them a bit shafted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the self-defence thing ain't really working out because she keeps saying that it's all her fault. I just need her to tell me what's, that, what's happened. Because, like, at no point did, did people not say, Yasmin, what happened? Like, she's been asked several times. She's just not giving much at the moment. But I think, she's still I think people that were mad at, at the police at the beginning of the week for asking her what happened, have, weren't giving the police credit for the fact, because they didn't know yet, but I thought it was obvious this was going to happen, that later they will go back when she's calmed down and say, right, now what Now what do you say happened? Mm. You know, But she still doesn't... I mean, she's charged by the end of the week and she still hasn't got into a you know, lucid enough state that she can talk rationally well, about what a, happened. Yeah, well, we'll get, yeah, we'll get to that anyway. So, um, so Jeff's there. So, so yeah, uh, DS Abney goes in to interview Jeff and Jeff's like oh she's such a drinker everyone says I overreact but they don't know what she was like she was violent she hit me don't know why I'm such a gentleman 
Um, then Alia comes, she bursts into the room and she starts shrieking at Jeff saying he's awful. And, and just like, oh no, don't be mean to Alia. She, she must be hurt and confused. And she's like, shut up, Jeff, you bastard. How dare you try to patronise me? I'm not confused. I know exactly what you've been doing to my gran. You're, you're evil, you're evil. And, and then dear Stephanie's like, let's just take this into the hallway, shall we? Alia in the corridor is going on about Claire's law, Claire's law. She contacted him. He's been gaslighting her. He's been controlling her for months. Sally, listen, you know what I'm talking about. You know this isn't right. Um, and she gets escorted away. But you can see dear Sabney going, hmm. hmm. And, and Sally as well. Sally, Sally's done quite a few sort of, um, what the, hmm, thinking, <laughs> yeah. thinking looks. Confused looks. Um, Jeff's so like, Jeff's oh. like, I tried. Oh, she's so mean. Kathy's <laughs> uh, starting to feel guilty in the Rovers about what's what's actually happening. Jeff. Um, Jeff then starts to starts his sob story, basically, um, saying to the saying to DS Avni that Yasmin, like she's like has. Well, he basically said like she 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 attacked me. And um, she's violent. And she's like, well, she attacked you before. And he says, I mean, truthfully, um, he he got knocked down that time, didn't he? By accident. Yes. You know, so. Um, but he's, he's, knocked he her, he's knocked her down more than she's. He, he didn't mention that specific incident, but I'm no, sure. No, he just said that he hit me a few. She hit me a few times. He didn't specifically say. And then this policewoman was like, hmm, what is this about Jocelyn then? And. Tim is confused because he knows there's a story about his mum, who I, for, I don't know that I've forgotten the uh, Tessa. Tessa yeah. So he knows the story of his mum, who was an alcoholic and lashed out, and now she's he, another woman's come out, and he doesn't never heard of her before. So then the story, then Jeff has to explain his point, his point of view of of what this altercation with Jocelyn is, because because dear Stabney's like going, you've got you know you, there was a report made about this, you know you you've you're yeah so um he's not very happy about the fact that that tim's listening in on the on this you've got no choice though really Esther. well he said she said earlier would you like no somebody said would you like privacy he's like no he must hear they must hear this because he's trying to get everybody on his side um so he said this is his story um we were dating so she started having a go at me accused me of stalking her then she, then we went outside and she started hitting me, but I never touched her once. And then anyway, about Tessa, she was Tim's mum. She used to have a drinking problem, and so she used to lash out at me. And dear Stephanie's like, yeah, right. So let me get this straight. So you're saying to me you've had three different women who've all got drunk and all attacked you. And he's like, what do you mean? How if I was a woman, you wouldn't be asking me that, would you? Um. You 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 know basically trying to trying to insinuate that, that he's just this got is... a very punchable face as old Jeff. <laughs> oh well, I like the fact that she was immediately like, "Huh, that's mm. weird, isn't it? Do you think that's weird? It's a bit weird, isn't it? It's a bit weird." Yeah, um, I, I did like that. Yeah, thank you, thank you. She she's not she's not made up her mind yet. She's not and, completely disregarding everything we, that Jeff says. Do we got want police officers that immediately make their minds up without investigating, or do we want people that think they know what happened and then investigate to see if they're right or not? Yeah. yeah. I hold my hand up again. Sorry. Amy <laughs> <laughs> runs in the pub with with Ali is ranting on, and she's like, he says to her, 
calm, Shut up, calm down a minute. You and you can't go around shouting about this, and you can't influence these people here in the pub. That's what I do best. Says but Alia. I want people to listen to me. She sounds like me a bit, doesn't she? <laughs> Moaning and ranting, and nobody's listening. <laughs> so um, she then. Yes, yeah, so Imran's saying to her, these people are going to be called into court and they, you can't have any influence on what they say because you... They've got to be unbiased, what yeah. they say. And if you're going around saying this, that and the other, then that's going to change. That's yeah, going to affect what they say. Yeah. Anyway, she starts to go at Cathy on the way out and tries <laughs> to make everyone feel bad about this. Um, back in the interview room, so they're having another interview with Yasmin and she's still a bit dazed. She's not as bad as she was before, but she's still really not coherent is she no she asks about jeff and they and and the police officer can, can you hear the fireworks that's going on in the background everybody everyone else is celebrating ve day but uh, i think we we're supposed to be we're supposed to be singing we'll meet again at the moment no we'll sing it later we promise but if there's bangs yeah it's just the fireworks um well i don't know where i am i was just talking about oh they're having yes. the interview again yeah. and then she's saying she says i can't remember what happened but then she does she does say um i thought he had the knife he thought he had a knife in his hand and um, I panicked and then for some reason this was a bit of a, a dick move the policewoman takes the photo of Jeff's neck out and goes this is what you did do you remember that <laughs> and then poor Yasmin's like I need to see him I need to say I'm sorry she gets really upset and um, they conclude the interview and the police officers walk out of the room and she thinks she's going to go and see him and DS Abney kind of just gives her a look like you, you poor Woman, you don't, you really don't know what's what's going on here. Mm. You've got no idea, do you? Mm. Like she knows that she, I think she can tell that she's not in her right mind. But at the same time, if somebody like that commits a crime, what you know? Yeah, yeah, I guess I they they must have people like that all the time, and all they can really do is get them help. But you can't just go, well, all right, let you go then if you're a bit sad about it. <laughs> as long as you're really sorry. Um, Jeff thanks Tim and Sally as they leave. And Sally, Sally's like, nah. Sa- Sally just the, the the camera kind of pauses on Sally just a bit as she leaves the the, the hospital room, and she's yeah, she's, she's certainly not giving anything away. The cogs t- are whirring. To Tim and Jeff, will will not have picked up on this. I don't think. No, no. And I don't think she wants them to either. And I think she's a bit cautious here. Anyway, yeah, I think so, she needs to get her head together with with Kathy and. Um, and Eileen, but without Tim finding out, I think Tim's going to feel very betrayed. I think Tim is going to get a bit annoyed, isn't he? Yeah. About Sally taking Yasmin's side if she does mm. eventually have an epiphany. So the end, the end of the week is Je- uh, poor Yasmin being um, charged with attempted murder. Shocking. It is shocking. Mm. Yeah, she's still wanting to see Jeff. She hasn't quite, she hasn't quite got it that uh, she's not going to be seeing or speaking to him or maybe anybody but for quite a while. Um, so, Gemma, what what else do we want to talk about about this story before we move on? Um, I just want to, I just, yeah, I just like want to say, um, I've got it off my chest now. About no more about, about Abney. Um, I, I'm I, sorry. I'm sorry if you got mad about it, and I understand why people did get mad, and I know that everybody feels protective of Yasmin and stuff, so I completely get it. I'm just, I just had to really have a run because it's been bothering me. But I think also, as you know, everyone, I am a Libra, so I'm very contrary. So I immediately take <laughs> the other side of any argument it just to true. balance it out. She just a likes bit. arguing, my wife. <laughs> 
Did you did you find that Monday's episode was worth the wait over the weekend? Oh, I really, I'm really enjoying this. Um, I, I st- for for what even though I the the Abney stuff did irk me a little bit on Monday. On the whole, I absolutely love Monday's episode. It was a really great follow up to to Friday's cliffhanger, especially the bit before the break on on Monday because that was all still on the street and her. Just her reaction. Shally King was such an awesome performance all week from from when she's there over Jeff's body to the the, the wiping of the hands on the dress to, to just, yeah, the, the days and confusion as she's being brought out and, and how um, how beaten down she's been and, 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 and weary and in, in the interview room as well. And, and that scene where she's asked to take the clothes off, it's just absolutely perfect performance i thought and that and that, that's what's you know what a lot of people are responding to like you say when everyone's supporting her and, and turning against the the copper she's well she's yeah. doing an I amazing mean, I job don't not and there's and, and there's not you know there's not a shred of of humor they're not trying to inject any any comedy or anything into her are they oh, why it's would just, they well you know what curry does sometimes um it well, was I just think... per- really Perfectly pitched, I thought. There are a few very standout actresses on Coronation Street who do strength and vulnerability in equally, equally well, and it makes their characters strong and uh, sympathetic. And it is off the top of my head: Shelley King, Georgia Taylor, Sally Matthews are particular ones that, that stand out to me as being really good at, at doing both of those. Uh, Ali King. Yeah. In, yeah, so they 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 generally good, mm. and um, she uh, perfectly, as she said. I just, I just love how this story has given her the opportunity to do it because b- before before this story really got going, although lots of people might have liked Yasmin, she she hadn't had a massive opportunity to show what a great actress she was. I would she's say she's been she's been really good in supporting roles in other storylines. Yeah, yeah. Um, Barricading herself into the library didn't really show her range. No, I just I do wonder if if there had been award ceremonies going on, how well whether this could have stood, you know, shoulder to shoulder with the Sinead story. Because up until this point, it was like, well, obviously the Sinead story is going to get nominated for everything left, right, and centre. But they really need you know, to. I'm thinking maybe this would even this could even leapfrog it. The the Soap Awards needs to work out some some way of doing some some awards because you. We can't just skip a year. It's the thing is, fair. it's not about the awards. And I, I would say that probably Shelley might even say, you know. Well, don't... yeah, it's not about the awards, but at the same time, you don't get to decide whether I give you praise or not. I'm going to praise you if I think you deserve it. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily for the person who gets the award. It's for yeah. everyone to say, yeah, bloody, bloody good job. Mm. And I want, I want to praise you for it. Mm. What did you think about the fact that at the end of the week, Yasmin was seemed to be back on you know i want to say i want to say sorry to jeff i need to see jeff i i, I was i did kind of think that this might have been the turning point for her where she realizes exactly what he's been doing but she's no just she's gonna still... rewrite history in her mind and think no he had the knife because he was cutting bread i thought he was coming at me with the knife but i was probably wrong mm. Oh, it's so. And the, other... the the way that it was even filmed last Friday as well, with all the the funny camera angles and the and the blurriness and the lights, it 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 was all it, to to show that she was confused about what was happening. It it was it was almost like a dream, wasn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. it was. Yeah. I, w- I mean, 
an avenue there there are plenty of ways the story could go the story could go yasmine gets put in prison jeff unmasks himself in some manner through perhaps the cameras being discovered or something then we find out that yasmin's been suffering from abuse and somehow the magic prison fairy lets her out even though she we know that she did stab him in the neck with a bottle yeah um um, or it what could happen and i don't know if you can i don't know whether you're victims of domestic abuse i get confused with different countries about what the law is, but I think some places you can't drop the charges and some places you can to protect you. Like a woman who's been abused would probably not always press charges against against a man, for example, who's sort of the breadwinner of the house because she she's financially dependent on him. And so the police protect her by saying, no, well, you don't get a choice, you mm. know. But I think it perhaps, maybe, Jeff might say... Well, don't I don't want her to go to court over this. Mm. Let her out, and then Jeff and Yasmin get back together again. Because now Yasmin, the more she thinks about it, the more she's going to think, "Well, may, I must have been wrong. Why would my lovely husband Jeff, mm. you know?" And everyone else is going to be thinking, "I don't even know what to think now." Because on the one hand, we we thought that they had a perfect relationship. Then we realised that things weren't rosy. Then we thought Yasmin was in the wrong. Then we realised Jeff was a git. Now they're back together again. I, I do think that this knife is going to be quite a key piece of evidence in it because he's lied to the police about that, hasn't he? Because he, no. he told the police that he put the knife... He, he had the knife down, and when she attacked him, he wasn't holding the knife. But we went back just after oh, okay. tonight's episode, didn't we? And we watched the end of Friday's episode again, and he definitely had that knife with him in his hand as she hit him, and then as she stabbed him, that knife was still there. And he then put the knife down on the side just as he dropped to the floor. Yeah. So when the police were doing that, or well, the forensics were collecting the evidence on Monday, they picked the knife up to the side. So... I Where know, he but said the, the knife is, was on the side, yeah. they're going to say, yeah, we found the knife on the side. He's not lying there. But again, maybe I know, but he's going to say, well, yeah, he'll just say, well, I had the knife in my hand because I was cutting bread. And then Yasmin started having a go at me because she was drunk. Mm. This is the other question. And that, that kind of was what happened. Well, she, well, he... He, he was acting aggressively towards yeah, her with he a knife was. in his hand. Yeah, but yeah, and she attacked him but the thing is he's told the police that he put the knife down which is again like i don't think you can prove when the knife was put down no and i do wonder how how much of it does he remember because she's she still can't really remember everything that happened and she's been conscious all the way through this he's been in a coma for a bit and he's woken up and he can still he can still remember exactly what happened well he doesn't really need to remember exactly what happened he just needs to have his story straight Mm. The unfortunate thing is that nobody breathalyzed Yasmin when they got there. Well, we didn't see it, did we? Well, it hasn't come up, and you no. think it would have done. Yeah, uh, Imran asked Yasmin if she'd been drinking. I know. If I was, if I was Imran, I would have said, "Well, you know, he's not, it's not real." But you would have been like a breathalyzer, you know, now do it now. Yeah, it might not be. Um, it might not be instantly after the thing happened, but we can see how much is in her bloodstream now, mm. and there wouldn't have been anything. Yeah. Did you uh, Did you like Alia's um, what What she brought to the table? <laughs> she get again. She's like Cassandra. She's like screaming, and nobody will believe her. Mm. 
it seems I like it's a very characters. it seems a very realistic reaction and yeah. it's very in in character, in character. for Ali as well. <laughs> I know. I'm telling her shut up. This is this is always happens though. It's so frustrating to watch this happen in every single TV show and movie where you know the character is telling the truth, but because they are so emotional and nobody will listen, they start to scream it at people. And the more crazy they get, the less. Um, uh, what's the word? Well, the less believable. Yeah. They say less trustworthy they are, and the more they look like they're just being mm. mad. Oh, well, I hope that. I think I hope that she does keep on, you know, plugging away at it because she does need to make the police look into the Claire's Law stuff, for I, example. But I don't understand why people don't think that this is going to come up at some point. I just suppose if you're in Alia's position, you want them to. No, I know, but Alia has said it. Yeah, I know, but the thing is, though, the police don't instantly go to a crime scene and then find the information out immediately before they've asked and spoken to the main witness and perpetrator of the crime. Mm. They they investigate, and it's there's no there's no bloody rush to it, is there? Because it, the, I mean, it's not like the court case is going to be tomorrow. Yeah. They've got to investigate first and do it properly. Mm. And you don't get all the information instantly. And if she went in there and and think about it, like dramatically speaking, if if DS Abney went in to the interview room on, on was it Monday or Wednesday and went, Yasmin, we know about Claire's law and everything that's happened and we're going to let you off of stabbing your husband in the neck because you've been abused. Well, I mean, how is that a, a, a satisfactory <laughs> conclusion to the storyline? It isn't at all. Yeah. I wonder whether um, Toya's going to you know, feature in any way, not only that she's going out with, with Imran, the lawyer on the case, but she was confided in by Alia. She's she, the one that told her about Claire's law in the yeah, first place. So I think they might kind of triangulate what they know. Well, she's going to probably speak to Imran about this, isn't yeah. she? I can't remember whether... Are they allowed to talk to each other about that's this? That's the thing, there's both... a bit of a conflict of interest well, there. Well, Alia was kind of her client and Yasmin is kind of Imran's client. Mm. I don't know. I hope Think we... of all that sexy pillow talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only thing that I'm thinking with the only other thing is that um, at the end of the day, we know that Yasmin's gonna get away from get away with it, doesn't she? Or she she's going to be freed. Everything's going to be okay. I'm not foreseeing any kind I know, of this is the Angela other thing. Harris future for her. This she's is gonna... the other thing that I think I, I I feel a bit more relaxed and confident and not worried or anxious about Yasmin. So I feel like perhaps that might have affected how I feel about the police officer and the way she treated her. Because I'm thinking it'll all be right in the end. Because yeah. we know, like nothing... Chill everyone. Like, yeah, there might be a, a few tough moments here and it's not going to be a straight line to victory by any means. But at the end of the day, Coronation Street knows that we have to finish this story with Yasmin finding peace and happiness and Jeff either in prison or dead or whatever. That, that's the, that's We're just, the I just know that's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm not at all worried about getting to that stage. So, you know, send DS Abney in with whatever hairstyle she wants and telling Yasmin anything because it's all going to be fine in the end. Hmm. It's just when. And yeah. is, is it going to be before summer? Is it going to be the end of the year? Don't I don't know. I don't, the, the it fact could that, be a long time. The fact that Yasmin at the end of this week was seen to be, you know... I just want to prime Regretful people. about what she did. Yeah, I just need to prime people who don't like this story and who think it's been dragged out already that this, in real life, it would be perfectly reasonable to expect Yasmin to get back with Jeff mm. and not think that... 
and not really examine what happened and, and take his word for, you know, you were remembering it wrong. I just had a knife in my hand. You were going crazy and panicking. You were in a state. I was trying to reassure you. I, I didn't realise I had the knife in my hand. I must have raised it. And you went mad and hit me and tried to kill me. But I'll, you know, I'll take you back. You, you just, you better watch yourself though. You know what I mean? It's and then a- they could end up back together again. And it could, you know, it could be months down the line before something else happens. Just-, just prepare yourself because I, I know it's really hard but if you if you've not had this experience of of knowing that this happens in real life just be thankful that you're not watching this happen to somebody that you know and love like like some people have well, Shelley was because this on... is much more difficult to watch happen to somebody that you know than to watch it on television Shelley was saying on one of the interviews she did recently that she's been she's spoken to people who've been in similar situations and like the the, the smallest amount of time was five years or something exactly but, i'm sorry it but i know, and I know so time. time is is obviously well it's going to be condensed it's not going to yeah. be five years it's just, it, it felt like it was nearly a over. climax it felt last week like it was nearly over i, I, I am glad like, mm. i'm glad that they're going to do this because we i spoke before about this on the show and said i can't remember the number but it's quite high like six or seven or something the amount of times a woman will try to leave an abusive partner mm. It yeah. doesn't happen overnight and it's difficult to get away because it's not just a case of removing yourself physically from their, the area that they live. It's a psychological dependency that has been created. Mm. Okay, right. Let's, let's move on to the, the minor stories of the week. Then I think we said all we uh, got to say about that one. So oh, Kelly and I hope everybody, Gary. I hope everybody enjoyed it. I really like it well you know as much as you can enjoy I, I read quite a few dramatic. people after Monday's episode saying that didn't that didn't follow on well enough from Friday really? so yeah, that, that some people were not happy with Monday's and I think ah. it was partly to do with the way that the, the police were were reacting and treating it as mean but um yeah, yeah I, hope, I hope people still continue to enjoy it but like I said last week there's a real risk that this could go down the same route as the feeling story I know, and I think it will. the final hurdle no no no, no. I, I just think that this is going to be another one that people find too tough and I, I'm certainly not going to blame you know if you find it too tough to watch then don't don't make yourself watch it like the same way i couldn't watch sinead stuff and i'm not going to criticize somebody for finding something difficult to watch no there's a difference between finding something difficult to watch and thinking it's been on too long and i I, the the feelings ending didn't work quite right they they could have ended it at the lighthouse but they wanted to take keep it going for a little bit longer and uh, and that they could have ended this story here, but they're saying no, no, no. We've got a bit more we can we can squeeze out of re- this. No, it's not. It's and I know, realistic. And I know, and I know it is. It's more realistic to have this happen than have a serial killer fall into the ocean, wash up in Ireland, and then come back to kill Michelle and her wedding his day. Leg up. I know, I know, it totally is. But there's still if if they'd have ended this story now, people would have just said that is a that was a great story. And I know, but again, risk. no, but again, just to point out too another another point that people have made, and I agree with that it can't be a sensationalized ending where she stabs him, and then he becomes unmasked as a killer because that is not a reasonable ending for pe like you have to take on a certain amount of responsibility to be a, to tell a truthful story that might help somebody when you tackle an issues-based storyline. And to have Yasmin thrown into prison for stabbing her husband is dramatic and satisfying to watch as a, as a viewer, but it's not particularly fair or true to the experiences that most women have. No, no. 
and you've got to take that into account and the balance between telling a satisfying narrative you know having a satisfying narrative and and arc and being realistic and fair that balance is tricky Mm. and i don't envy coronation street for having to to walk that tightrope but i am confident that they're going to do good do a good job okay let's move okay. on let's let's move on to the next story so um the kelly and gary for uh, is i just I, for the, all of the other stories this week as i said earlier it, they, none of them were brilliant for me um there are a few nice bits especially with the nina stuff um but this was definitely b material <laughs> compared to the jeff and jasmine story and also they were crossing over with each other all over the place with the awards and and gary and nina and asher and everything i tried to separate them out into stories but you know there might be a bit of crossover in places um so starts off with adam and sarah back from their honeymoon and this is like what two months they're away maybe must be nice yeah i know that's what happens when you go out that's what happens when you marry a lawyer oh, you yeah. get you have, you have a honeymoon, honeymoon. yeah Wonder where they went. Skegness. You can have two months in Skegness if you like, or one month in the Caribbean. I mean, yeah. So Adam is um, straight back on the case with Gary when he spies him and Sharon going into the shop and um, she she speaks to Gary and and knows about this award that Kelly's being given. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, so there's an awards going on, and we know how Weatherfield likes their awards. They got the Good Samaritan, they got the Golden Hearts Award, they got the Hairdressing Awards. Yeah. Now they've got a uh, what is it? York. York. Yo- young young uh, outreach program. No, youth, youth outreach, outreach program. program. That's that. York. It just it sounds like that um, guy out of. Um... Uh, hot fuzz except he went yarp <laughs> it's because like, it's, it's the northern version of yarp <laughs> yarp <laughs> it's like um the those the, you know the teachers or whatever that say that all, all children should be awarded basically ev- everybody gets a sticker whether or, or the or the uh, the or the opera winfrey you get a car you get a car you get an award you get an award it's the weatherfield participation award it basically is <laughs> for just getting out of bed in the morning well, you get an no, award you st- this is why people stick around weatherfield so long despite it being the crime capital of the uk we they hang on in there because i'm gonna get an, get an award for something or i'm, I'm either gonna get an award or, or an unexpected windfall <laughs> Um, one or the other so i'm gonna michael i think you're overlooking kelly's achievements here her endeavor which apparently involves going from a private school a posh school to a normal school with horrible chav kids i know is that literally what she's done that literally she's being is the awarded reason. they didn't even try to explain it did no they, they? didn't sharon, just said, sharon? Yeah. sharon just said she, you know she's been struggling what with moving from moving to the new school going from oak hill to where these what? where these go uh, how hi I mean, we know that we know that the. Mid- I don't even know that her dad's dead. We know that the upper middle classes already get a, a pretty cushy ride in life, but I didn't know they got awards for having to go to normal school with normal kids. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably like waiting outside of Aldi's, going, "Oh, well done! You went into Aldi, did you? Instead oh of God. instead of Waitrose, well what done! Have, have a gold medal. You've got normal food in your bag. That's cute. You're gonna cook it up." You can go home and cook it up. I, oh, well, I'm going to a restaurant. It, I, I think <laughs> that awards are at risk of being the new fancy dress in Coronation Street. And yeah, like that. Every writer's go-to. Like, what shall I do? I don't, don't think I don't understand this either. So because it, in real life. It, did, it, it literally, there was no point to it either in the end, was there? No, there wasn't. Did we, we got... even see her getting it? I don't think so. I'm what is it anyway? Is it one of, of these like horrible glass shards or is it a certificate <laughs> can she put it in her cv we 
We got to see Max doing his speech, didn't we? Yeah, we, we? did, and that anyway. Was it. Anyway, Sharon says that Kelly's getting this award, and yes, I do know that she's moved in at the end of the week. So what? And Gary tries to get her to... Um, moved in at the end of the week? At the end of the street. Okay. She's, she's living with Paul and Billy, isn't she? And she also says she's going to put the feelers out for um, for Kelly's mum, who's who's done a bunk, as we know. Well, yeah, um, that's why she's getting an award. So when Kelly... She's getting another award for that. <laughs> When Kelly shows up at the awards, Deb immediately starts having a go at her because Asher and Amy are, uh, are loitering at the awards. around. This was just outside. How oh, was it? It was outside. I, I don't understand what happened because there were... No, it was because that was on Wednesday's episode and that was when they were all waiting to go into the community centre. Oh, okay. Although I, I oh, wouldn't I want to go into a community centre run by some husband near murderer. Yeah. I'm surprised. I don't know they even got it open. Um Anyway, Gary's, um, Gary appears out of nowhere. That's why I said he's, he's a guardian angel. She, he just like, as soon as anyone's having a go at Kelly at the moment, Gary's missed, missed, uh, just you know, pops out of the ether and says, don't you be horrible to Kelly. And if anyone's talking about her, he's there listening in. No, he's, he's all eyes, all ears, isn't he? Yeah, he's got the feelers out, he really has. Anyway, he's, he tells Dev to back off, she's just a kid. And Kelly's like, sod off, Gary, I don't need your help. She strides off. Um, and Adam um, overhears all of all of this and sees. Well, them. listen, you criticise Gary for overhearing, but Adam's done that, that well, to they Gary. Both are. They're both they listening. Both are. Like it's like um, all we need now is for Kelly to start spying on Adam, and we just have a, a triangle of people spying on each other. <laughs> it's so soapy. Everyone always where they need to be to overhear <laughs> well, what's going how on. How else is it supposed to progress? You want you want to wait <sighs> months to to get him to find this out. Another anyway, way. Adam finds out via Amy who this girl was. And, oh, she's a Neelan, eh? Yeah. Um, so on Friday... Everyone's desperately trying to remember what Adam knows about oh, I know, we tried to look and, this up as well. Oh, and Gary. This is, this is another problem I have with this. It's just this, the momentum has gone. I know, I don't... I was really into Gary, and now I'm like... Bleh, 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 bleh. Especially now Adam's come back. Bleh, bleh, bleh. Yeah, and, and it's, it's... Well, when they set up Gary versus Adam... And they were saying, oh, it's just like Ken Barlow and Mike Baldwin. <laughs> they they have kind of, they're not pushing that agenda like, anymore, are Okay, they? you're they're not like, buying we, that? <laughs> we, okay, fine. We tried it. Come we'll on, give us a bit of credit for, for that. Um, but no, I'm just, I'm just not interested in it anymore. And, and I, could, I think Gary might have hinted to Adam at some point that he knows more about Rick's location you know, in the woods than he's actually letting on. But I've forgotten. Adam, I, I need to have a look at that, um, the, that, do a Vogel search like Adam was doing at the end of the episode to try and catch up with who knows what. Wasn't Adam's, Adam and Gary's initial sort of um, argument with each other was just over It was over Sarah, Sarah. Louise, wasn't it? Yeah. And now Adam's married Sarah and Gary's got Maria. Really, Sarah was expecting Adam to just let it d- drop. Mm. But he still knows, because he's the one... No, who was it that found the book? Was it Adam? What book? No, that was Ali. That's right. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Just need to get to the end of this. So anyway, Paul and Billy weighed into this on Friday as well because um, Billy but is... Paul with a pretty good point, I thought. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice this. I didn't put this together, but he's right. Paul's a bit miffed that he seems to be that he's now living with a sex offender because Kelly and Kel... Not only do they have a very similar name, yeah. but um, their their crimes are not dissimilar either. Well, they're they're in the same ballpark. They're not exactly the same. It's not exactly the same. No. Right? But um, yeah. But basically, Paul's pointing out to Billy like she's she she distributed a, 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 a 
video of an underage girl what, what do you think hell did to me you know yeah. and Billy's like oh damn it <laughs> didn't spark just that just shut one. up Paul <laughs> um, Gary's, Gary, listening, Gary's in, yeah. listening in to this conversation that they have in the pub later as well and because uh, uh, Paul Paul's saying that we, 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 she's, we, she's not our responsibility she needs, she needs to be told to sling her hook I mean honestly I, I agree with him and you know I know Kelly's a, a young girl and everyone makes mistakes and 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 such but so far I'm really not sympathetic to her and apart from the fact that she's no. apologised and she she, she did seems, seem genuinely sorry I know, last but week so what She's she should be old enough to realise the how crap that was and what a dastardly thing to do mm. it was and she's sorry because it's ruined her life really and how can you tell if she's sorry because it upset Asha or if she's sorry because she's in trouble mm. I just think I would be I'd feel the same way about and and I really don't know anything about her personality either apart from that she, what she's done and that she's sorry that she did it. Mm. It's not exactly anything to recommend you, is it? No. Um, we, we then had that scene of Maria coming in and uh, finding Gary listening to My Way. And critiquing the lyrics. Yeah. Um, and he, he tells her that Kelly's being kicked out from Billy and, Balls, Billy and Paul's house <laughs> and she's Billy probably going to end up on the streets. I don't know whether he was trying to angle for her. Maria to, immediately shuts him like, down, though. She's not coming she's to not live with us. Here. No way. I don't know whether that's what he was going for or not, I think but, he she's, was, but she's she's still like, proud of him for fighting her corner, and he goes and so he just goes and does the next best thing, which is guilt tripping Billy and Paul into letting her stay by saying, "Oh, you know what a tough time Kelly's been having." I'm so proud having of her, you for letting her live. She with had you. To, she's had to go away from Oak Hill, you know. Do you know she's getting an award for how hard she's had had it? Do can I just ask you a question? Also, the York Endeavour Awards. Do they know that they're awarding? This this prize to, to, uh, for adversity to basically a porno a paedophile child porn <laughs> distributor. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised Dev didn't speak up a bit louder about that. Actually, this is the sort of thing. This is the sort of thing that turns out to be a scandal on Twitter when somebody works out that the person, the recipient of this award, is actually being investigated for child porn. So hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. So Kelly's got an award, even though she's done this. Um, did Michael Rodwell get the Good Samaritan Award, even though he was a massive yeah, crit? He was a burglar. Um, Aggie's got the Golden Heart Award, even for though letting she let a man this guy die, die yeah. twice. <laughs> and Gemma, Gemma nearly won the Good Samaritan Award, and well, for she's, bothering Rita. Well, no, and she's a flipping gangsters mole. Yeah, they know how to pick them, don't they? They're like, maybe if we give them an award, they'll stop being such awful people. <laughs> Um, anyway, it it just ends up with Paul saying, oh, well, fine, you don't have to go. You can come and stay with us because Kelly decides to um, pack, her p- pack herself up and, and, and leave on the Weatherfield Way fairer. And well, Paul's like, no, she go goes, on, I'm, fine, go- I'm going home. How old is she? Can't she just go home? Um, well, no, she's still she's still too minor to I know, look but- after herself. Billy said that he was going to be trying to look out for other family members that she could go and stay with, but I think she he's conveniently forgotten about that. I think she should really be able to live in a house by herself. I don't know. I don't I'm think not, you would have been able to. I'm not a she judge. Died. <laughs> Why? You, you wouldn't be able to cook anything. for myself. I'd have been all right with my super noodles, thank you very much. I'm a, I must forget hoops on toast. You'd scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the end of the episode, we have... Adam investigating Gary on the computer and he tries to hide it from Sarah but then she finds out and uh, she's frustrated that he hasn't let this Gary issue drop and we're feeling this too Sarah don't worry but he says that he's just doing it because of um, Kelly being mixed up in it all and no he's just saying look Amy's Kelly's 
friend and yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just looking out. Looking out for my cousin. Whatever. Adam, nobody buys it. Mm. Um, well, so this is just that. a signal to everybody that, that the Adam, now Adam's back. We're going to continue the Gary and Adam. Picking off where we left off, but this time we haven't got Ali. Ali's not there to, to put the pieces he's, he's together. He's off somewhere, but and we've to, still got Ryan. Yeah. I didn't really see the need for the whole Paul angle apart today because they just seem to have, in the space of a half an hour episode, they've gone back to exactly where they were. <laughs> I know. It only seemed to be for the drama and for maybe any listeners that, or sorry, any viewers that might have said, hang on a minute, yeah. is Paul happy with this? I don't know, maybe it was just a sort of... Um, it to felt... establish, re, re, remind everybody that Gary still feels responsible for her. But I think, I think we, we got we that We've got that over the past month or so. It felt very, very fillerish to me. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I feel sorry for Paul because Billy does not care what Paul ever thinks about anything. <laughs> so he just goes, oh, well, I'm more, I'm the bigger character than you. So <laughs> we'll do what, longer, I say. what I say. Goes, I'm second to God. <laughs> goes, me, no, it goes, God, me, Jesus, and all the other ones, the saints <laughs> and things. And then you. Yeah. <laughs> Asher story. Right. So this was quite fun, I, I thought. Yeah, this was quite fun. Poor Asher still trying to... Uh, overcome her quite reasonable um, reluctance to go outside. She should have got an award. She should have got an she's award. She's shown endeavour. Yeah. Um, so on Wednesday, she's very, being very reclusive and Roy suggests that she helps out with the teas at the awards so that she can sort of uh, experience going out in public, public mocking before school. Really, it's a good idea just to dip her toes into it. And, and um, Nina's like... Uh, starts to realise that what's happened to Asha and she's interested in her plight and things. She wants to get involved in a story because literally all she's done for the past four or five months is is served customers with cups of tea at the cafe and, and she put, and she went to go and see bats that one time. And put special um spoons out. Oh, Don't yeah, forget yeah, spoons. That was special come and sit next to me so spoons. Asha agrees to go but she doesn't really she's not very happy about it and then when they all go Asha, Dev and Amy go to Victoria Street um, they that it was probably worse than she her worst nightmare that, that boy that Jamie that was like I, I can't fathom this they're, they're all staring there looking at her and then this one boy Jamie's like going oh I can still see what you like when I close my eyes no clothes when I open them you've got clothes on when I close my eyes you've got no clothes on and I that was like it makes your toes curl but I could completely believe scummy. somebody saying that yeah, maybe maybe not with her dad right there that's what I thought does he not know that's her dad and also really I know well what happens is I could put, completely put myself in Asha's shoes at that point poor girl and and, and and imagine how she'd be feeling. I, I think I'd throw up. Nina comes, tries over, she takes her glove off, and he's like, you're going to slap me with a glove? And she says no, and punches him with, with her fist, right in the nose, and there's blood everywhere. But really, I mean, this was, I don't know why Dev was there, because I think in, if this was a real situation, Dev would have picked Jamie up by his head and smashed it into the wall until he was dead. There's literally no way a man, especially like Dev, would stand there and listen to a boy saying that about his daughter. Dev, I think I would. I don't even think I, Dev's got violent tendencies. I don't think you understand what a father and a, <laughs> and a daughter's relationship is. Well, 
He doesn't need I'm to, sorry, and he's got, he's got Nina there to fight his corner Nina for Nina can fight for everybody. <laughs> well, it probably it would have complicated things a lot more if Dev had done this, because he probably would have got in trouble, whereas when yeah. it was, it's cute and funny when a girl does it. Yeah, well, there, there, there were people, and I completely would see their side of uh, of it, who were like, why, why she, should, should she get away with punching Jamie? Why is violence the answer to everything? Why are we, why are we <laughs> celebrating this girl for when they're nearly breaking somebody's nose? Because sometimes on the show you have to draw the line between what you're going to accept and It's like when they is... get the beer poured over them, isn't it? Yeah. It's one of these things as a, as a soap viewer that you kind of have to accept that that means that they win. Yeah, exactly. It's the end of the conversation. Mm. Um, it, it was a kind of... Um, a kind of a fun justice uh, to watch. Because he was being so vile. He really, really was. And I mean, and you know that, that boys uh, would be like that not probably not totally totally would I disgusting could... animals yeah. <laughs> hashtag not all boys <laughs> inside the cafe later nina says to asha to, that she should own it and show them that she is beautiful and strong and she she sort of like keeps on at this uh, on friday as well asha thanks nina um and tells her on Friday what happened about what happened with with Kelly. They have a bit of a bonding session. Yeah, as they well, get cha- they? chatting, and Nina says, "You're beautiful. Um, you shouldn't need anyone to confirm it for you." Because she's saying, "Oh yeah, I sent a video to this boy," and she's yeah. like, "Why did you do that?" And she says, "Well, because I wanted him to to like me and think I was pretty and everything." And she's like, "You don't need anyone to tell you pretty." I really, I understand the sentiment here, but I really wish it had been more of a case of like it, you know. I know it's cliched, but it really doesn't matter if you're beautiful or not. Like, you are beautiful, I was thinking but it's irrelevant. That when I was watching it, yeah. It's like, you, you, you're not... And also, this is the harsh truth that nobody tells girls, you're not going to be beautiful and young and pretty forever, and you really <laughs> shouldn't be putting all of your stock and self-worth in that. You should develop, like... She did tell us she's beautiful inside and out. I know, but you need, to, you need to work on your skills and your personality and your talents... Don't just think I'm beautiful. And and honestly, if you're young, you are beautiful. I remember my mum telling me this when I was young. You are beautiful when you're young because wait till you get old. Wait until you get those wrinkles. <laughs> yeah. And your hairy nose. Um. Yeah. So, and she is right. Again, it's just so frustrating because it shouldn't matter. And it does matter. And you go around in circles going, yeah, well, women do get judged by how they look. So, of course, it does matter if she's beautiful or not. But ugh, so you can't unpack that in a in a podcast about soap <laughs> dev finds an envelope that's come through the door with asha written on it he opens it to be fair to him it wasn't sealed and just looks at it he's he, we don't really work out for me his expression what it is but I think he brings it to asha i think it was probably right of him to open it because of course the, it was it could the, have been anything yeah it could have been you know somebody could have been jamie returning the favor of the, exactly. of the no clothes picture yeah um he takes it to asha and says and it's a portrait that Nina has drawn of her, and it says, "In case you needed proof." Mm. Lovely portrait, very with all pretty, st- stars and twinkly bits and everything. Yeah, and um, she draws late Roy later. I can't as remember well. when when Asha has a look at the picture. I don't know whether it says it's from Nina on the back or whether we just assumed it was, and then they had to show her drawing Roy to yeah. to just say yes, it is Nina. I mean, it's. I don't know that we needed that. It was obviously Nina in, in, in the style and everything, but it, it was really nice. I, I I'm, have really enjoyed Nina's involvement in this, and it's she seems like the perfect character to, you know, to get involved. And, and she's had to go through all of this. She's had people being horrible to her. She was she was um, 
she was having battles with the other people in the flats, wasn't she? Where she yeah, was living with her dad, so all all of her life, or ever since she's become a goth, <laughs> she's she's had people making fun of her because of her appearance and everything, and she's become a very strong person and she's going to hopefully help Asha out of this funk that she's in so that she can hopefully come out stronger than even she before she even started. Um, I also liked the fact that when Nina went out to confront all the lads, especially Jamie, she was who were looking at, at, at making fun of Asha, she came out and she was like, don't look at her, look at me, look, I'm a weird goth, look at me. Yeah. Like, she knows that um, she's just used to to, to sort of being criticised for the way that she looks. Yeah. But she knows... It's like water for ducks this is, Yeah, because she's, she's got inner confidence. An and she's like, I know I look good and I don't care what you think because you, you my self-worth does not exist in your head. Mm. Yeah. And I, I just really, I really wish this like self-esteem and came from an interior sense of self and confidence rather than transient, I look attractive, mm. you know? Do you think that this could be... The end, or kind of a soft end of the story. I I hope so because what I want to have happened is that it's a fe- very feminist story of women helping other women and Nina supporting Asha with like a female bonding and and love and um, acknowledgement of mm. her struggles as a fellow woman it, who's going through it feels like it would be weird if they didn't show what happens to asha when she goes back to school though i know i don't and really, that's only supposed be to very be in, in an episode or two's and time she, and she's also also nina's saying like oh you should own it you should own it and it's like well how do you own starring in inadvertent pornography <laughs> do you do you think that it would feel a bit fake though if it's like on asha's first day back at school everyone starts you know, chucking insult to her. She just, you know, she owns it and she suddenly is has is full of this confidence thanks to this picture no, that's been think, drawn of her. I think, I don't know if we do need another scene where she, I guess this scene was like her being bullied and, and someone else standing up for her and we could do with another scene where she stands up for herself. Yeah, because Nina's not going to be at school. No. And I mean, all, all she really has to do is like, if come up with some cutting remark that makes somebody look like an idiot. Yeah, and then and then we just we just see her and Amy smugly smiling at each other, mm. and then we just have to assume that nobody ever from messes that point with her onwards. Again. Yeah, but in real that life, what would happen? Feel realistic. Though. No, no. In real life, what would happen is she go in on Monday and go, oh look at Usher the Slapper. She was on the internet with her boobs out, and then on Wednesday, somebody else would be on the internet with her boobs out, and they can all move on to it. <laughs> That's what would happen. I just want, or somebody to... would get a spot. I just really want this to story to go on longer i want more scenes with asha i want more scenes with nina never hear that normally no i I think they're doing a really good job with the young characters yeah i think they're doing a great job i I do i mean as as out of touch as i am with the modern youth i I feel as though this feels quite a relevant uh, art relevant story Mm. for them and it certainly doesn't feel patronizing or no i don't think it does and the fact that um that the gary stuff is still ongoing means we're going to have kelly at at the forefront of the show for the foreseeable future, I which means that there like is a Kelly. chance that that Asher and, and Amy and, and Summer will also be involved in that. I don't. I, I really I, don't like Kelly. I, can't I find warm to her Kelly. so unpleasant. Mm. She, oh, I just don't. I can't. I don't. Don't know what is. What's her redeeming feature? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, she's in a bad spot, but it doesn't make me like it. Mm. 
Um, David this week's story also involved in the in the youth outreach program because for whatever reason, and I, I still haven't fathomed what it is, Max has been asked to do a speech at this award show. <laughs> Why? What is it? Why Max? Why not? Is he like the world's best speaker? Is he got? Is he Michael, like full of charm become, and charisma? You don't become is the he, world's best speaker unless you do some speaking. Is he a previous award winner for all the adversity that he's had to go through? I don't or know. did they just need to give Harry McDermott something to do in an episode? I I'd like, or or is it just to 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 cause the drama where David doesn't actually get to see his son's speech? I just well, can see no. The, no possible justification for Max being given this speech to do. This episode was... These episodes were just to remind us that the wheels are coming off at the Platt House. Yeah, because this is another one that's been slowly and even slower because of the episode stretching out, plodding along for a little while, because we've we've seen David um, going down that path of self-destruction. And, and this week, we saw only hints of that, didn't we? Because... Um, He's got this ripped T-shirt that he's trying to to wash and he doesn't want Gail to find out and we don't get to find anything about where this ripped T-shirt came from. But it seems to me like he's in some kind of underground fight club or something. I know, that's all I thought. I was is like, this, oh. Has the Weatherfield pool hall been turned into it? And which one is he? Is he Edward Norton or is he Brad Pitt? <laughs> which one do you think he'd want to be? <laughs> um, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he basically he just he just misses Max's speech because he's he's been out fighting he's all been night or something. Max is trying to practice and he's not really listening. David doesn't care. He's like, yeah, brilliant, Max. Well done. Well, I didn't Great listen speech. to a word of it, but yeah. it sounds good to me. <laughs> and they're supposed to be going to Valandro's because, uh, after the speech because the. Because Gail wants to invite everyone out for a meal, and he sits sits down on the sofa on Wednesday and Friday. He wakes up, <laughs> has a good nap. Yeah, and uh, he, he realizes he's late for Max's speech. Yeah, so he he rushes off, but he doesn't get there in time to see it. And um, Max is sulky when they get back from the restaurant. Gail's fine because she's she's had her fill of calamari. It seems we have a series of characters praising the calamari at Valandro's, and it just made me really upset because I would like to eat calamari. And I can't. <laughs> Um, and there was a there was a kind of a nice scene between David and Gail at the end there where she was she kind of understands she recognises he's got a lot to deal with at the moment his wife doesn't want anything to do with him and uh, she's he, he's she she says oh you've had such a tough time these past five years and I'm thinking five years it's been what the hell are you talking about fifteen at he's least Gail. He's been, He's in, been the in the show twenty years, twenty years, actually, just this month. So yeah, so you you're missing out another three quarters of of his time. Um, but she she's yeah she's she's saying that you just do what you need to do basically. Yeah. Um, I I enjoyed the um, I think I enjoyed. Oh, I don't know whether it was just the the, the Valandros reference. Was it just there as a bit of a a, tip, a, a wink and a nod to to the the long time Coronation Street fans? Was that 20 years ago? I can't remember when that no, happened. No, no, I'd, I'd, I'd say 10 to 15. So th- that story was... Um... Any, no, let's just wait a minute. So David talks on the phone to Nick and says we're going to Valandro's and then Nick clearly says something to David about Leanne has got an issue with Valandro's and then it gets left at that yeah. and not brought up again. But it if you've been watching a, the show long, long enough, you will know. The, the Leanne was the one that set up Valandro's restaurant, yeah, along she, with Paul Clayton, who's yeah, she, um, one of Terry Duckworth's offspring. 
Um, and th- this was back in the days where Leanne wasn't an upstanding pillar of community and to try and claim off the insurance, well, no, it she went arranged for wrong, it to be... It? Yeah, it went wrong and she arranged for it to be burnt down. Yeah, she'd get the insurance money. She did, she did a bit of a... Um, a bistro ninja before the bistro was she just did she was a proto eye. bistro ninja wasn't yeah. she yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and I don't think it's been mentioned since but yeah long in the days before the bistro and, and the joinery there were other restaurants in Weatherfield and, I, and I've been watching it for you know 25 years or so and, and every so often it always used to be that for a couple of years they'd have a, a posh restaurant. It was yeah, the yeah. only restaurant that anyone in Weatherfield would ever go to. And, and Villandro's was on for a bit. And I'm sure there was one called The Clock for a little bit. Mm. Um, but, but they don't need to anymore. And this is part of the problem with having so many businesses on the street. It's just another reason not to leave the street. But yeah, Villandro's was Leanne's restaurant that she burnt down. And um, it seems to have risen from the ashes like a <laughs> glorious phoenix. Um, under new management, I assume. <laughs> um, I also don't know whether, you, like, it is like a funny, um, a funny comment. But like in real life, if your girlfriend had burned down a restaurant for the insurance money, you, you probably wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't go. go back. <laughs> no, it is a bit, it's a bit mean of them to. Uh... <laughs> but the calamari, Michael, it's really good. <laughs> and Leanne, poor Leanne, she's got her own issues to uh, be, this week already, yeah. hasn't she? In the space of what two scenes in this week's episode, another breadcrumb mm. story with Ollie. Um, she's they've gone, to, they've taken him to Messy Play on Wednesday. And he's the only one that's come back covered in paint. And the end. Well, I'll tell you what, the, the other kids aren't doing it right, then, are they? Well, how does Messi play if it's not to get <laughs> messy? Don't get messy? I don't know. Well, I unless don't know. maybe it was messy chess or something. It's like, where did he get the paint from? <laughs> messy chess. Messy chess. What Just whatever, posi- whatever move she wants. <laughs> um, Leanne says to Steve that she's worried about Ollie. He's not hitting his milestones, he can't even hop. And Steve just playing it down, like, don't worry about it. He's fine. He's intelligent. It doesn't matter. It's, everything's going great. Like, you would imagine, like, completely encouraged for both of them. Steve, not bothered at all. Neil, like, Leanne, completely neurotic. Yeah. Leanne still not coming off as being particularly likeable. I, I need there to be um, some kind of diagnosis on this, just so that Leanne can be justified. Because at the moment, she's just, as I say, coming off as completely neurotic oh, and unlikable. I don't, yeah, I, don't think, I don't think she's coming off unlikable. On that first scene on Wednesday, when Steve was when she was talking to Steve about taking him to his messy play, she was. She was just being bitched to Steve. <laughs> I know, but, but, then but Steve, you would be Steve was acting like Steve. a big baby. Steve's an idiot. Yeah. Imagine if you had to co-parent with Steve. Yeah. And then you're worried about your kid and he's like, oh, it's fine, I don't care. So it seems like he's not... Um, developing at a, the, the correct rate and well the expected rate the, the expected rate and um i i, I don't know there's so enough. much speculation and i know i'm a teacher and everything but, but i don't you're not really, an early I, i'm not an early teacher. years teacher and that's um, a specialty you know yeah I, I don't know enough to to be able to suggest what might be wrong with Ollie at the moment he's had seizures theories. he's he obviously he was very very tired around his birthday well he was he's, being he was like flopping around in the cafe in mm. one scene this week and she was trying to get him to stand up and he yeah, was just he like seems really to be having some kind of problem lethargic. with his motor skills um oh. I, I hope we find out soon heartbreaking well, what are some theories that you've read i've read that not spoilers. Could, no i don't know i i don't know um well obviously i don't know what it is so i don't know if it's a spoiler or not well, go on, but then. i don't know that anyone does know 
I, I don't know whether anyone knows. I don't know whether they've whether they've revealed what. Well, it somebody is. on somebody said it could be autism. Oh yeah. And and um, I was I was like autism. And then I and I looked into it a bit more, and I think if it is autism, it's actually a really good idea because some of the things that are symptoms of it are not things that I realise. Like for example, seizures. Oh no! No, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, like uh, some some of it is to do with like comorbidity, where you have if you have one thing, you're kind of more likely to have something else that kind of goes along with it. So, autism and epilepsy go together sometimes. Oh. But also, I think oh, I need to look this up again. So perhaps not correct, but I also think that some or some people who have autism may also have seizures as well. Oh would be very difficult um you know to to have a young child as is what i said on the facebook group displaying it's, those symptoms and being able to act them unless they had an actor i just think i just think autistic or, no 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 i think that i did think that initially i was like it's going to be very t- challenging and it's going to come down to putting a lot of pressure onto a young actor and perhaps that might not work out but then i thought to myself really though in a story like this, a lot of the time, the drama is the parents yeah. talking about what's happening. And really, all you need is for the, the kid to sit on a chair in the doctor's room while Dr. Gaddis says, I'm sorry, it's X, Y, or Z. Mm. I mean, the hope, the thing is about a lot of childhood illnesses is you can get away with shoving them in a bed and telling them to shut up and sticking a tube up their nose. Yeah. Like we got with, with Hope, with the cancer storyline. Just look, lay down and pretend you're tired. Yeah, and then the, the and drama then was everything with else. Tyrone. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the drama revolves around the parents. Mm. But that's going to be heartbreaking. I don't think we can cope with that. I just, I hope that Leanne is able to elicit some sympathy. Because she will be able there's to. There's a very fine line between that and... Well, Jane Danson's a great actress. She but, is. But, but Leanne can sometimes be... She can really great. Unlikable. And unsympathetic. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested to see where it is because it's been teased for so long now, and it's a, it's an opportunity for for Nick to get involved, obviously, for for Toya to be involved in there, and it's been so so long since Leanne's had something you know meaty to get her teeth into. Um, see, I'm cautiously is, optimistic about I this know, at the moment. This is another example of like why I can't get, why I sympathise with people who who find the the Yaz storyline difficult to watch because I would find this difficult to watch because again it's another medical thing and just the idea of having a child that's sick is the worst nightmare you know one of the one of the reasons why it's like I keep thinking to myself okay it's okay if I don't have children because I think you when you imagine having children you just imagine the best possible scenario but I couldn't cope with having a sick child or mm. you know, or, or a child that died. I can't. It just the, my heart would break. I couldn't. I couldn't live with it. No, I. I still think that there is a chance that Ollie's going to die in the story. I can't. It's I, there. I don't it's think like, I it's could... on the fringes. Like, they they could go down that route. I think, like we, especially we... if they don't want to have the child actor having to portray a character with oh, autism. If they sad. if they kill him off, or if they're having know, him have a bit in the I middle know, of the road you... and then a car splats him. Or... Oh, it's too sad. It's making me sad <laughs> to think about it. But like, you can't. You can't die of autism. No, no, exactly. But I mean, could you die of a seizure related to it? I don't know. I mean, if uh, it seems, 
I'm not going to look it up until I know what it is. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to research things. If Curry had stayed at, their, at the uh, originally plans, yeah, we would. There'd be a lot of things that we'd know at this point. Right, so after all of that... Anyway, we, but we, it, does, we, it does seem ine- inevitable that something's wrong with Ollie. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's not going to be like, you know, he's just tired because he was playing Spider-Man. Yeah, there's, there's something wrong with this. So I hope we get to find out next week or the week after, at least. So after all that then, Gemma, um, we come to the scoring of the week. And last week we gave it, we both immediately said four and a half. And, and, I, and I, it, it was not a four and a half week this week for me. I, I did really enjoy <laughs> Monday's episode. Shelley King, fantastic performance. Um, everything before the break on, on Monday I thought was amazing. I loved that Imran is involved in it. Oh, um, when Imran turned up, I was like, ah. Yeah. But I tell you what, it's a good job that um, Adam and Sarah didn't get back earlier in the week. Why? Because he might have taken the case. Very true. He might have gone in round well, too involved. Where's Paula at the moment? So. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the other story is just that they didn't quite have the right momentum. They didn't quite get going for me, and it's and that's just the uh, a victim of the, the the way the schedule is going at the moment. I think. But Kelly and Gary seems to be going very very slowly. The David thing slowly. The Steve, Leanne Michael, and Ollie thing, slowly. And I know there was only two episodes that they could have even featured in, so it's not, not their fault. I know, but there's only three episodes a week, so shut up. Yeah, I know, I know. But that, I, it felt like it lost momentum, and I just wanted it to be just the Yasmin story all, all through the episode throughout the well, whole of the week, and I, I couldn't get what I wanted. Um, I, think, mm. I think I'm going to go... I think I'm going to go three and a half egotistical Sinatra's <laughs> out of five this week. It, yeah, that, that, yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair score from me. I'm going to give it four. I thought you might. I'm going to give it four sweaty goths. Because <laughs> I really liked when um, Asha said to Nina, what's it like to be a goth? And she said, it's great, apart from summer when I get really sweaty. <laughs> so I was like... I had gothy friends and I like gothy things, but I never really got into the goth stuff just because I would get too hot. I know I would. <laughs> and also I had dogs in the house, so you can't wear black. No, you can't wear black, can you? Um, character of the Week. I mean, there, there's a couple of good choices. I mean, the, the last week... The McBangs. No, you can't. Yeah. Okay, you can give it to her if you want oh, to, I'm but you have defended to. her. Are you going to give it to her? I'm going to give it to her, yeah, because people are mean to her. And if, you, yes, if people no. hadn't been mean to her then none of this would have happened because my disproportionate defence of her is in in reaction to the un, uh, unearned attacks that she suffered. Well, I hope that the actress listens to this because she did... Did she follow us on Twitter this week or you followed her? I followed I her. <laughs> I don't... Listen, I, I, I'm not blaming Smoke Up Her Ass. I truly believe that she is the ultimate Weatherfield cop. What? Oh, I'm going to get set Sandra Huggett on you. With the best hair. No. Yeah. I don't think so. Um, I think so. DS McKinnon could take DS Abney at a fight. And Beckett could at the moment. What do you mean? They do... They... Michael, why? Because they're great. What cases did they solve? <laughs> I'm sure they've met a few other DS Abney has only just begun to investigate. Listen, you know I like both of those as well. <laughs> Right. Um, I'm just being contrary. I know, I know. So I, I, I could go Imran, I could go Yasmin, I could go Jeff, I could go Sally, Nina. Nina, yeah, Nina's probably going to be a lot of people's picks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she was great. Or Asha. Gary, uh, Michael, Adam. No, no. Kelly. I think I think I'm going to go Nina this week. 
Nice. Um, I mean, Imran was was lovely, but he was just doing his job. Um, uh, well, how do you know Nina's not an artist? She couldn't be. On, she's probably on Etsy. Um, yeah, I'm going to go for Nina for her for her defence of Asha, which she didn't need to do, but um, she saw that the young girl was troubled and well, she jumped right she in their fist first. A fellow sufferer of bullies, didn't she? Yeah, and she's yeah. like, I'm not going to let someone else suffer because she's and, and, she's slightly older, isn't she? She Asha. is. I mean, Asha was at her lowest point up until very recently and it seemed that that drawing that she got through the post today has started to lift her spirits uh, yeah exactly do you think so, that well done, Nina. Asha might become a goth do you think she might end oh, up I don't getting, know. she might get a crush on Nina I, I don't know a girl crush you know she might do like and I um, admire I admire and want to be you well I, maybe and I don't know whether we know anything about Nina's sexuality yet either do we or I, or I, I thought that well, I, I mean like, Asha has fancied Corey Asha likes Corey I, I did briefly think oh is Nina gay and then I was like oh you know okay she is but I don't want to stereotype female relationships like as soon as some girl does something nice she must be gay I know because girls can be nice without fancying other girls. And and you can also lead an alternate lifestyle without being gay as well. Yeah, and that's what that's the other thing I thought. I, said, I thought to myself, I don't want them to be like, oh, she's a goth, she's probably gay as well. Mm. Um, and, and also she drew a picture of Roy, and I don't think that she has a crush on him. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although Roy. it would be nice to have a proper bisexual character for once <laughs> who actually goes, yeah, I'm bisexual. Um, Paula has said that. Right, okay, so oh, three she? and a half. Yeah, yeah, she has. Three and a half okay, for right. Nina Fingerman Bangs. Fine. <laughs> let's, um, I'm not changing it for anybody. Let's move on to the news. She's done nothing wrong. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm talking about Yaz and <laughs> Fringement Bangs. Cabin time, time for the news this week. Um, now, Ian McLeod has been on the interview circuit this week. By circuit, I mean he's been doing Zoom um, interviews with the press and people from Coronation Street blog and everything. Where was our invite for that? We could have done a Zoom meeting with I know, what the hell? We didn't is... even get asked. We just got I think that's report it second hand. Incredibly rude. I know, we can never get, we can never get to Manchester for the press things, but we could have done this. Never mind, maybe next time. Um, as you can probably guess, a lot of what they're talking about was spoilery. Um, there has been a um, trailer released for May, I think, for, for Coronation Street, but we've been warned that that is incredibly spoiler-filled, so we haven't seen any of that yet. Not going to watch am, it. No, I'm definitely not going to watch that. No, I mean, I'm guessing it's, um, it's including, you know, the, what's going to be happening with Yasmin over the it's next few weeks. It's going to be very weeks, annoying for and people other characters. to listen to us speculate about things that they know... Are or are not going to happen. Yeah, I know. Oh well, that's that's what you you buy in for. You signed yeah. up for it yeah. when you listen um, to spoiler free podcast. But he he has been talking. He did talk a little bit about um, the reaction to last week's episodes, uh, last Friday's episode, and he said some of the reaction has been difficult to hear, as a lot of people have been in touch with myself, Shelley, and Ian to say how closely it's mirrored their lives. That's always very sobering, but I'm glad it means we have been told we have told the story with some authenticity. It's really connected with people. Twitter just blew up on Friday after Yasmin attacked him. That's quite funny because like we pretty much recorded straight after we re- we watched it last week didn't we we, we saw the the beginning yeah of we stuff were happening we were gonna Twitter. go for a walk and then i was like we need to go we need to record this now because yeah well we, we're fired up about we're it fresh. yeah twitter certainly did um 
yeah, blow up, as he said. Uh, he says it really seems to have struck a chord with the audience. People have been saying that they didn't have any idea that this goes on, which is partly why we told the story. Emotional abuse isn't necessarily something you see on TV very often. It felt that to water it down or sat- sanitise it or to do a half-hearted version of it would be wrong and slightly insulting to people who've been through it in real life. Mm-hmm. We were aware it could be challenging, but the audience reaction tells us that we got it right. Ooh. I find it is quite interesting that he's talking about social media reaction because I, I kind of guess on these press interviews often they've got their agenda to talk about this is what is coming up soon in Coronation Street. So to have something as personal as a Zoom meeting talking about something that only happened a few days previously it kind of gives it a bit of a, maybe gave it a bit of a different feeling for the press than they would normally have. Mm. It's like look, having a chat with old with old McLeod, yeah. Um, also, uh, and this is the only bit that I, I I had to look at a few headlines. I still don't think I was particularly spoiled about uh, things that he said, but I did notice um, he he did get asked about Toya, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Because people have this been was... wondering what's going on with Toya at the moment. We've seen a little bit of her recently, but she has been criminally underused in the past year or so. I think this was from Digital Spy. It was, but I, I mean, I believe what happened is that. Um, all of the like the press outlets had a an old was shared it around, was meeting it around together. People? Yeah, so everybody's got the same quotes. Uh, do you wanna do you wanna say what he had to say about old Toya? Well, he says Toya had been in quotes a little bit underused, which he says he agrees with fan complaints. And then his his quote is: "She's a fabulous actor and a fabulous character, so we're looking to fix that." Really, mm. we'll see. Get on with we'll it. We'll see. Talks cheap, McLeod. <laughs> Um, well, I hope so because it's, I it's have seen it's not. I don't think it's just been us. Honestly, Look, looking around, there has I've seen so much. Um, oh, a complaint isn't the right word, but so much pe- commentary. So many commentary. People noticing that um, Toya's gone is is you know fallen off the edge of a cliff. It looks like, but let's hope that like Billy, she survives that, then she'll be back on screen with some stories soon because she is a fabulous actor and a fabulous character. Exactly. Hmm. Um, now, another bit of Corrie news that um, got people quite excited around, when was it, Sunday maybe? Um, and then the, the excitement dampened when we found out exactly what it was, um, was the news that classic Coronation Street episodes would begin to be uploaded to the ITV hub. And when this story broke, I don't think that it was immediately clear which classic Coronation Street episodes they'd be showing, was it? Well, it sounded like, oh, all the episodes of Coronation Street are going to be put on the internet. I, d- I didn't think it would be that. I think I didn't think that would be that either, but a lot of people just ran with that. Yeah, a lot of people thought, oh, it's going to be all of them, or they're going to show like a variety of classics. I think because they've recently on BritBox been uploading old episodes of Coronation Street from across the 60-year span... Um, and I think they're still uploading ones from there every now and get uh, every now and then. Um, people thought that it might be either just random old episodes, which when I first read that and thought maybe it's that, I thought, oh, I don't want to have more episodes to watch because <laughs> I'm already watching the ITV3 ones. We're already making our way through the DVD. Where are we on now? 1973. Um, and, and I don't need any more to watch. But fortunately, I suppose for me, but sadly for the people that are excited about seeing a broader range of older episodes, it is just the ITV episodes, um, ITV3 episodes of Classic Coronation Street that they're uploading. Which is weird that they weren't really doing it already. I don't know why. I don't know what gets chosen, how they decide what does and doesn't get put on the ITV hub. But I would have thought that with Classic Coronation Street being one of ITV3's I assume programs that got gets the highest ratings, it'd be on there already, but now it is. Good. So it's. I mean, does 
Does everybody? I don't because we we're never around. I'm never around when it's on to watch the ITV three broadcasts live. We just record them and I record and I watch them as and when. Can, can everybody just do that? Does everybody have some kind of recording equipment on their TV or on a special little box now? Do we need the ITV be... hub? All right. I don't know. Down. I don't. I, I, I don't know whether this makes a difference to people, but um, if you haven't had the opportunity to watch the uh, nineteen ninety five ITV three episodes, um, now you can. You can stream it through whatever device you fancy. I guess you don't have to watch it on your TV. And um, there's some good stuff going at the moment. I, I spoke earlier on the podcast about. Um, about Trisha being on it, Tracy Brabin. We first, oh, we just had the first appearance of Roy this week, haven't we? Yeah. yeah I, sh- I called you into the lounge to show you that. Come, look, it's wife. It's Roy. It's Roy from get, 25 get years ago. Get out of the kitchen and come and look at what is important to me. Was, what did you think of seeing I've seen that Roy. clip before. It, it's very different. He's played it very differently when he first came on the it, show. The, the character has evolved. Yeah. He's definitely comes across as a bit of a, a an oddball and... and Deirdre calls him as much to he's like she's describing him to someone else, um, but he's he's definitely not as dour as he is no, now, is he? I he, think the main difference is that old Roy was not aware of how weird he was, whereas current Roy is painfully aware that he's a bit old and that people see him as that. Yeah, but yeah. he was very he was like um, just very much in Deirdre's face. She moves into. Um, some flats as the caretaker and Roy's one of the residents there and he's just permanently sticking his nose in her business and and trying to tell her how to run the place but he's he's very very smiley and positive um and yes he's nerdy but we we, we never really see Roy smile that much now do we and, and the, the moments when Roy smiles everyone goes oh Roy smiles it's so lovely but he was yeah he was he was full of the joys of spring back in 1995 it's been fascinating watching him we also had today um Bill Webster come back or was it yesterday Bill Webster came back to Coronation Street and this is the first time that he'd been in it for like 10 years or so you know you know the Webster family came into it and then he and Debbie moved down to Southampton and left Kevin here this is right. this is uh, his return, oh. so that's quite cool. It's definitely feeling closer and closer to you know what modern Coronation Street is like. And I know I said recently that I remember watching all the Deirdre and Samir stuff. There's still vast swathes of what I'm seeing on ITV3 at the moment that I've got no memory of. The the Garden Gnome storyline is going on at the moment, which I'm I'm very much enjoying. But yeah, it's um it's a good time I would say to to start tuning in. So if you haven't been watching it or recording it on ITV3. Now you can Get go onto it. the ITV hub and, and watch it, it and join in. There's yeah. loads of time for doing things Get like that at it. the moment. Yeah. Next bit of news, Gemma. Well, we have got a cook-along coming up um, on Tuesday, 12th of May, 6pm. Um, Maureen Lipman, who plays Evelyn Plummer, is going to do a cook-along. It's called Every Mitzvah Matters. Um, mitzvah actually means a charitable act or a commandment. But yeah, it's, it's it, related it's, to um, duty from from Judaism, isn't it? Yeah, because because Maureen Lipman is of Jewish descent. Yes, but everybody can join in. So t- it's twelfth of May Mitzvah Day then. You've no, mitzvah, mitzvah Day. Day is in November, oh. and and then and it's a and it's a special. I don't think it's a festival particularly, but it's a it's a time every November when. Um, especially Jewish people, I assume, go around and do um, volunteer projects in the local community. Um, but Like this... picking up litter and doing a speech about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this, <laughs> every, every mitzvah matters. It's to do with the, the, the duties. Like you hear about the bar mitzvah and, and bat mitzvah and the, you know, the coming of age ceremony. So it's all related to that. So this um, Tuesday at 6pm um, in 
partnership with Barnet Multifaith Forum, YourNeighbor.org and Nisa Nashim. Which is a interfaith charity which connects Jewish and Muslim women. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. Yeah, you can you can cook along and make some soup with Maureen Lipman. Yes, it's, what is it, barley and bean soup? Yes. You told me it was vegetable soup. Barley and well, bean is a bit was. different. Well, it, it says vegetables here. The, 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 the spiel for it, what's that, what's the, the, the promo text says, people of all faiths and backgrounds will cook along at home and make a meal to give away to show we care. Led by Maureen Lippmann, we will all come together from the safety of our kitchens to make a warming, hearty and love-filled Tupperware container of easy-to-make vegetable soup. Say it says vegetable soup. Using whatever vegetables, stock, grains or beans you have in your kitchen, we will cook together and show others that we care. You can bring along your kids, flatmates, family members, pets and whoever else you might be experiencing lockdown with as Maureen makes a simple vegetable soup together to give away to a neighbour, friend, family member or vulnerable person and your local area. Well, I think this sounds like a lovely idea. I think it sounds like a hilarious opportunity to show Michael up. <laughs> so we're going to do a live cook-along, I think. We're going to try to. Cook along with Maureen Lippmann. Cook along with Maureen Lippmann's cook-along. Yes. And um, I'm going to get Michael to cook this and see if he can follow the instructions. Now, as if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you'll know that cooking is not my forte and it's not particularly something that I'm called upon to do very often. No, we, we started talking about um, about how to make a vegetable soup, didn't we? And yeah, I said to you, what, how do you make a vegetable soup? Yeah. So how do you make a vegetable soup? Well, you told me, and I, I wouldn't have got this myself, that onions and garlic are the, the key bases for a vegetable soup. Is that not right? Most. And stock. And what, what else did I say? Oh, you did say useful. something else, didn't you? Carrots? Potato- potatoes. Potatoes were potatoes. a good thickener. I said, okay. well, to, to make most stock stews, casseroles, etc. In, in British classic cooking and also French, you would normally get celery, onions and garlic. Yeah. And perhaps carrots. Yeah, you, you you asked me to give you a few vegetables, and I think said things like tomatoes and peas and peas. <laughs> I said do you love peas and vegetable soup. I don't know. You you can. I'm thinking of tin vegetable soup. That has all sorts floating around in it. Oh god. So I'm going to have a go at doing this with a uh, and with where old it says Maureen. beans. What do you think? What kind of beans would you put in a soup? Um, those white ones, haricot blanc. Ooh, that, yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I think. Yeah, the recipe is calls for cannellini, but oh, okay. which is usually used in minestrone soup. And what what kind? What's barley? Uh, it's it's a it's a grainy thing, isn't it? Yeah, like a soft squidgy sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, that's what I put in really oxtail know. soup. Yeah, because you the, don't like oxtail soup. Do you? I don't like a Joe's oxtail soup, so I'm going to be I'm going to be making this soup, and I don't I can't say that I'm going to enjoy it, and that's not just because of the quality of my cooking. Yeah, we'll but, um, probably make it for my parents, won't we? Yeah, yeah. The the idea is that you're supposed to give give it to someone else as well. So we're I going have to, be, to say, our, our elderly neighbours, i.e., Gemma's parents, might have to uh, eat it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we won't tell them I made it. <laughs> no, they wouldn't want to eat it if you made it. Um, it it uses eight cups of stock, which is like two liters of and that's just liquid. Fine, we can serve the whole street. They're yeah. not going to want to eat it. <laughs> Yeah, what you're supposed to do, if you go along um, to the, the, the website, which I don't, I don't have the address for here because that would take some kind of preparation. If you search for Maureen Lippmann Cook Along, you'll find it. You have but to... don't worry, everybody. I will not let Michael ruin food and waste food. No, it's not no, going to get wasted. Worry, get, don't get eaten. Don't get your niggas 
If you go along to the website, then you have to sign up for it. And I don't really know yeah. why at the moment, but I just, just before we started recording this, I actually got an email through from uh, Every Mitzvah Matters, which says, um, here's, here's some of the ingredients that you could use, but you don't have to have everything. It's, it's basically just chuck a load of veg in a pot with some stock and, and see what comes out. But they have some recommended vegetables and um, they say, don't forget to tune in at six o'clock. And I, I think there's going to be some kind of call-in involved in it as well. I think I, I don't think I'm going to be um, brave in. enough to, to phone up Maureen Um I just want, yeah, just to quickly say, if, you're, if, you're in, if you think you might be interested, it might be useful for us to, to quickly just say that you would need oil, onions, um, celery, carrots, chopped tomatoes in a tin, eight cups of vegetable stock, pearl barley or other some other kind of pulse like quinoa, lentils or brown rice, a tin of cannellini beans or other beans, um, some herbs, sugar, salt, chili flakes, red wine, vinegar, and parsley. But obviously, if you're missing any of those things, you can bodge along. It's really not... If you, you can really make a soup out of anything. Are you saying, Gemma, that you can't go wrong with this recipe? I'm saying, Is that a guarantee for I am me? really super excited to see how you mess this up. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to... Do you say you wanted to film me doing yeah, this? Yeah, I do. I want us to, to entertain do live, the conversation. I want to do a live stream on YouTube. That's what I want Are to you do. Are going to live stream? But people will be watching Lamori. No one will be watching me watching Lamori. You don't have to watch it live. <laughs> Great, okay. Well, we'll see, won't we? Yeah. We'll have to do a bit of tidying up in the kitchen, but that should be all good fun. Tuesday, <laughs> 6pm. <laughs> don't miss it. Watch Maureen. Don't watch us. You can watch us later. <laughs> yes, please. Right, um, that's it for our news this week. So we've got a bit of feedback to finish off the podcast with, so I suggest we move over onto that right now. Yep. Time for feedback this week. Thank you, everybody, you sent us in your comments and your, <laughs> and your, your votes and your, 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 your bits about Coronation Street over the past week. Can't wait for next week when everyone writes and say I'm mean. No, I think you argued your case very, me. very well. Um, <laughs> average score was exactly four and a half on our Facebook. I know, wow, this. It was really quite good. Cool. Most people voted four and a half and then we had a couple voting for five and a couple voting for four, but... Um, on the whole, everyone thought it was a jolly, jolly good week. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't even I couldn't even pick three, my top three, um, out of this week. So I've gone for four, which I think was the first time I've done this. And Round then, of applause. And well done for not just, you know, taking the Jeff insult, most of you, which is all we did, I think, yeah. you know, uh, and scoring out of that. So Karen gave it four and a half points for Team Chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca gave it four and a half patron saints of Alkies. Um, Sherry, four and a half alcoholic faces. Um, and Richard, five witty puns from an absolute psycho whose wife has got a lot of bottle. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, we're going to start off the feedback section now with a voicemail from Joseph, our friend from Las Vegas. Let's see what That's he right. has got to say about last week's Coronation Street. Hi, Michael and Gemma. It's Joseph from Las Vegas. Um, sending in my quick feedback about last week's turn of events. Um, it was really intense. I'll never forget seeing everyone's posts on Friday. And, like, that was so many posts on Friday on the Facebook group. And I was like, okay, you know what? It's pretty. It was pretty chill during my work day that day that I figured I'd just pop in my AirPod and watch Coronation Street on my phone as I per, per usual. Um, it was just fantastic. And just today... You know, Wednesday's episode I just finished watching during my lunch break. Um, you can definitely see the detective and Sally both look a little bit shifty. And I loved how in the beginning of the episode they focus a little bit on the phone and the camera. So it looks like the those two items in the crime scene will play a role 
especially in the phone of Jeff, that hopefully he had it even deleted the video of him recording um, Yasmin cowering over his attentions. But overall, I've really, really been enjoying the storyline. Um, having having watched Coronation Street for the past, this will be year two for me, I believe, since um, Aiden's death. Um, I have been invested already for this show. Um, with Aiden's death, I didn't quite know who Aiden was. I just plopped myself in and just seen these random characters um, on my screen and just since then been following the show, of course. Um, cannot wait to listen to the podcast, podcast and be safe, y'all. Bye. Thank you, Joseph. Uh, you picked up there on the the phone and the camera at the crime scene. Going to be quite important. I agree. Yeah, I still, I still think the knife. I, I'm confused about... I, I wish I had. I wish I knew more about the law, but you know, sometimes you can you can make the mistake of trying to research what would happen in real life. Well, yeah, only in to find Street, in, in yeah. Soapland, it's somewhat different. Something completely different. Because really, um, I yeah. Anyway, I don't know. So, um, yeah, the the phone. I I don't think I saw the phone being picked up, but yeah, it we both was. picked up on it. it, it was, so, yeah, it was put in um, um, and 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 just is this is this the first person agreeing with me about DS Abney? <laughs> Joseph said that that Sally and and the police officer both were given you know little looks there. Yeah, like not sure that they completely believe him. What's going on? So I think I'd forgotten as well that Joseph is only a uh, recent convert to Coronation Street as well, and he says he started watching around the time of Aiden's suicide. You got a lot to catch up on, Joseph. I I, I always wonder for people that haven't been watching Coronation Street for too long, does how much of what we reference on the podcast is completely lost on them? I know we try. It's very difficult because we try to remind. Well, sometimes we remind ourselves as much as anybody else. But to reference when, when, for example, like the Valandros thing, like where does that come from? You yeah. might not know if you haven't been watching it for a while. But, um, but I mean, if you're and sometimes been... it's like. It, it, people who've been watching it for years are they sitting there going yeah 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 I know mm, I do I wonder but you know, if you imagine if you only started watching it around Aiden's suicide time and we, we even if we reference Phelan for example and that means nothing to you yeah you were, exactly yeah so <laughs> I, 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 I'd, I'd be interested trying not to be too in the thing is but equally if I like pick... a 60 year, year... Yeah. Shows, if so. if I if I got into a program and I knew there was fifty eight years worth of history, the sort of person I am, I'd probably want to just go and find as much as I could about it. So I wonder whether but Joseph's like that. You can't yeah. find out everything. Well, I managed. We're to, still learning to new stuff, know. aren't we? About the first two couple of decades. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to know if like, Joseph's going back and listening to to the old the old stuff. Or, or what does that read, mean? you know, the old podcasts and don't don't <laughs> no do especially the ones that I put up on YouTube, um right who else um, I just want to oh, say on. I on on Twitter I put a tweet up um, asking did, for you? insults for for Jeff and some people didn't like it but some most people got into it um uh, at Chatterbox two hundred eighteen said let's just say if I had to choose between saving Jeff's life. Or making tea and sandwiches for every viewer. What filling does everyone want? <laughs> ben Price Paste. Fan... <laughs> drop in for me. That's a reference to our other podcast yeah. this week. Ben Price Fan Club at Ben Price Fan Club said he makes Voldemort look like a friendly magician. <laughs> Amy Reynolds at Amy Cat nineteen seventy nine says clap ridden gigolo. Nice gigolo. Jiggle. <laughs> yeah. Um. We got. Uh, 
Lisa Forbes, who's Lisa four eight nine oh seven nine six nine three, and I hope that's not a phone number. <laughs> <laughs> Scarily realistic. Um, I think that's it. Oh, okay. We had a few more other ones, but I think um, a lot of them were just a bit, bit just straightforward. Like he's vile and he's Satan and he's conniving. I like I like clap ridden jiggle o the best. <laughs> I have to say to use that one right. Um, Gemma, would you like to read out Rebecca's comments on last week's Corey? Yep, she said, well, what a week that was on the street. Shelley King and Ian Bartholomew were absolutely brilliant this week. However, I think Jeff is dead. And that saddens me as he should face what Yasmin went through locked up in prison like she was locked up in a box. He's not. Well, so I, I do wonder how many people thought that he was dead because we were absolutely convinced that he's not in it. I, I, I wish we'd it, done it, a he, poll. He, yeah, I know, he should have done it, actually. It, 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 I just don't think it would have made sense narratively for him to be dead. There's still too much that we need to uncover about his past with, with Tessa and with Jocelyn, and he kind of needs to be alive for that. He needs to be accountable. And he, and he will be. Yeah, don't he'll worry, get his, he'll, he'll get, get what's coming to desserts. him. Um, Rebecca says, I just hope the street doesn't turn against her, and Alia, when she returns, sticks up for Yasmin, which I'm sure she will, as she had never shied away from voicing her opinions about Jeff. I also hope the police will find the cameras and realise what Jeff was up to. Uh, some of the lines this week were brilliant, including Yaz Hans. Have you been drinking bleach and Jeff Acetamol? <laughs> <laughs> I also appreciated the mention of Sonia, Sheriff's ex and not the 80s pop star, as Jeff said. Also, it's very much in character for Jeff to blame Yasmin for giving him the SDIs. Of course, it wouldn't be him. And finally, I don't blame Yasmin for stabbing Jeff as she did it in self-defence, as she thought, through the hunger and the nastiness that Jeff was coming for her with the bread knife. Yeah, it was self-defence, in case I didn't make it clear previously that I thought that. Why are you... What? She, 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 had, she had hit him. Uh, I'd be interested, like, because the, the, Abney was very clear that it wasn't self-defence, and even if the because first one... Because she hit one, him twice. Yeah, the, yeah, it only takes one hit, and then it's, then it's not self-defence anymore. I think it's, it's easy to say that when you're not on I the know. receiving end of a knife. Yeah, well, having watched Yasmeen... It, it, I didn't. Well, when she stabbed him in the neck, I didn't go, Whoa, Yasmin, you're going too far there. It felt like you defend yourself, love, but the thing but is, though, in he, the court of law, he got hit though, didn't he? And then he went, What did you do that for? Like, and and she, yeah, and like it, it kind of is a bit, is it a bit like poking a bear? Mm. Did she then have to stab him? Yeah, the I mean, he, he would have it, it's very her. like because we've spoken before on the show where I said. I didn't think that Jeff was actually threat was actually gonna kill her, but I think he was threatening to kill her, and it was perfectly reasonable for her to think that she she was going to. Um, well, he was saying you, nobody would miss you if you were dead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think he was just trying to scare her. I'm not mm. trying to defend him, but I don't think he was trying to kill her. But I think she thought g- genuinely did think that he was gonna stab her. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. I don't know. So it makes sense that she. Did yeah, I I think it does. For as as viewers, we can see why she did it, but nobody who's going to be defending or prosecuting her would have seen that. I know what my point is now. My point is that he was threatening to kill her, but I don't think he intended to. But once she'd hit him with that wine bottle, his attitude might have completely changed. As she not stabbed him in the neck, he might then have taken the knife, and stabbed her. He might have done it. Yeah, but might have done. Is that enough? No, I know. Yeah. Like, I'm not talking about court of law might have done. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a, a, a show might have done, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I think he might have. Anyway. But it'll all come out when they show the what's been recorded on the tape, don't worry. 
Rebecca says, in other stories, still enjoying the Asher one and glad that Dev stuck up for her. I think Laura has just gone AWOL, as Kelly said, she often does this. However, I think someone might regret asking Kelly to stop. And I'm glad that Daniel is now back, although this Ken scenes at Stillwater seem a bit filler now that Ken is stopping at number one. Oh, yeah, I forgot that Daniel's back now. He didn't. He wasn't in it this week, was he? Daniel's back. All right. Well, I'm just excited to see Bertie coming back. When's he going to return? <laughs> He's when back. I, when I'm going to see him? You saw him last week. He was there. He was there with Daniel and Ken at the, in the cafe. Oh, I think you might have been in the kitchen at the time. Highly forgettable <laughs> um, performance from that Bertie's baby. Bertie's brilliant. Um, where's the Where's the quads? Where's Gemma and Chesney? Don't ask. If you is say their names, such, they appear. Oh, if you say it three times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, character of the week is a tie between Jeff and Yasmin. Can't choose. Give it four and a half. Patron Saints... Oh, Patriot Saints of Alki's out of five. Another line I enjoyed this week. Lovely. Um, something else that's kind of popped into my head, even though Rebecca didn't even mention it there, is the whole um, deal with Jeff's heart problems. Because oh, Tim yeah. mentioned when, when he thought that they were going to have to prepare for Jeff to die on Wednesday, was it? Or Monday, maybe. He was saying he's got a, a slow pulse and he's got heart problems. And um, everyone, when they saw the al- the ambulances outside, were like, oh, it's, it's his, his heart. heart. But nobody has... Jokes on them, doesn't have one. <laughs> true nobody from the hospital has told any of the family yet no his health his heart's absolutely fine they wouldn't know but if 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 tim might have mentioned it to him and said he's got heart problems and then they go no he hasn't i don't i d- he has flora light he's absolutely fine i don't know that's a breach of confidentiality i don't know what family members can and can't be they can't be told anything that the patient doesn't want them to know when my granddad was sick and he went to hospital, they wouldn't even he didn't he didn't want anyone to know what was wrong with him, including my nan, and she mm. was his wife and carer. Well, and yeah, they didn't tell her. I suppose um, Gadass's reaction when Yasmin mentioned about Jeff's heart problems last yeah. week or the week before could be something that ticks in her mind. Yeah, I think that's the most you're going to get out of anybody. Mm. Like, uh, why are you bringing that up? Yeah, because somebody could go and visit Yasmin in in prison or whatever and mention. It, and that could jog her memory. She's still, by the end of this week, is in no state to think rationally about anything that happened. But I would hope that you know, next week she's going to be a bit more um, logical in her thinking and she can start to piece it together a little bit better because I was I was fine with her being all woozy and everything this week. And even though I was like, no, Jasmine, just say what happened. But it was understandable. But if next week she's still out of it I'll be a little bit more frustrated I know like, yeah oh, I get in there and say oh, come on Yasmin you're so close I think I think the most I think realistically the most it, you could expect to get out of a doctor would be at the moment we're not concerned about his heart mm. like it it feels like you probably could in real life you probably could quite easily trick them into saying something that reveals more than they are allowed to say mm. but I don't want it to go oh, I think it's doesn't need to go down that I path. Wonder, because... I wonder whether Sally will find out, you know, and I know that a doctor may or may not tell you anything, but I wonder whether Sally's going to, on a trip to the hospital, take a doctor to one side and ask about his heart. And Why? Then, I, for, for no reason other than so that for plot reasons she can be told, no, we don't, we don't have any concerns about his heart because it's, it seems like the angle that they're going down at the moment is Sally is the one that's piecing together the bits of evidence. I guess I'm, guess, I guess I'm just, I feel a bit protective of like doctors and nurses and I don't really want another profession to be thrown under the bus for a storyline because mm. you've already got 
teachers and and the police on the show looking like mugs i mean photographers who can't press buttons on on cameras (laughs) i don't really want um them to maybe moira will spill the beans because she's got form hasn't she (laughs) we need gail on the perception yeah um we've got an email from a new listener this week newish listener called pippa hello he says i'm new to the podcast i'm loving it for me, a more powerful ending for the Jeff and Yasmin saga would have been Yasmin realising she was in an abusive relationship and having the strength to walk away. It still could happen. It still could happen because this isn't happen. the end, is it? It, it felt like no. it was getting close to the end, but this is like the now end of chapter. It, it doesn't. Yeah, uh, She says that could have been a truly emotional and empowering moment, but Curry's a soap and at the end of the day have opted for a more sensational approach. I'm not complaining because I still cheered when Jeff got it in the neck. Yeah. I'm glad he survived so we can get what's coming to him, but I'd be annoyed if this turns into yet another Free the Weatherfield one because that's such an overdone trope. Yeah. Like I said last week on the podcast, it seems like it's going to go down that I route. And it's, I won't, I'm st- I'll still enjoy it, but I just want it to be not so obvious what's going to happen. Guess, it really, really writes itself at the moment, this I, story. I know, but I guess, I guess I another surprised. thing. I guess what could be a quite interesting uh, left turn would be everyone's thinking, right, it's either going to end up just going to be unmasked by the cameras or maybe Jeff and Yasmin will get back together and then something else will happen down the line to, to cause Yasmin to actually do what we want her to do, which is to realise for herself that Jeff's controlling her and leave, which, as Pip says, would be the most realistic one. But what if this turned into a court case about... And I know this would be a bit of a um, derailing the actual what coercive control stuff, but what is self-defence? Mm. Because we we can't really decide... Is it... Was it at what point, if it did ever go from self defense to to murder? You know, it should. Was it was it right that she? You know, should she get away with stabbing him in the neck? Mm. Is that technically a lack, like? Is the legal definition of self defense? Is there some kind of rule? If the jury was presented with this, if they knew the facts, this is the thing. We're assuming that we're going to end up with a court case where Jeff's taking Yasmin to court for trying to kill him. What if it was a Imran saying it was self-defence, prosecution saying it was murder, and they see the facts, they see the videos, they see Jeff's recording of Yasmin, they know that it was coercive control, but we still have to say, according to the letter of the law, did Yasmin, was she, did, was she guilty of attempted murder, or was it self-defence, given mm. everything we know? And I really do think, I that have to say, it, realistically, there is a question, a reasonable question there to ask mm. depends how much time they want to give to the court scenes because yeah. coronation street in recent times has been known to ha- get court cases over and done with quite quickly yeah. and they also, show a few scenes and that's it i would find that interesting but i would also i would also imagine that it wouldn't go down very well with the audience and i don't think if people couldn't handle yasmin being asked questions by a police officer about mm. why she murdered her husband tried to murder her husband when she said she murdered her husband they certainly wouldn't be able to handle having Yasmin up, up, you know, in court for... Yeah, I can imagine Yasmin just being her own worst enemy on yeah, the trial. Yeah, I know, she's already, she, she she's already said, herself. yeah, she already has. And, and her man's going to be trying to get her off and she'll say, no, I don't deserve it. I know, but I think I would actually quite enjoy it. I think that would be really compelling. Mm. Well, and yes, But again, obviously. another example of um, uh, an issues-based storyline that then 
doesn't stay true to the real essence of what the story what that is about which is that's true control and you know having it ending like that not necessarily helpful or mm. or fair to the story the other story that they've tried to tell yeah yeah. Because we don't really want somebody to be watching it going, well, I'm not going to stab my husband, so I yes, guess I'm do. stuck here forever. Mm. It, could there be a way that she still goes to trial, but then eventually gets back with him and gets stuck in the same That's what I've always said about Frages. That she was. That's what I've said before in this, literally in this podcast. Okay. It's not your idea, I already said that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to carry on this email. So she says, um, the whole Gary and Kelly thing really isn't working for me, though I could say that about the entire Factory Roof storyline. <laughs> Why aren't more eyebrows being raised at the fact that this fully grown man is hanging around a 15-year-old girl? And if both Kelly's parents are missing, then wouldn't social services be on the scene? Still, if this means the end for gangster Gary is nigh, then I'll be a happy bunny. This is, I really feel that, this is why I'm, I'm, I feel annoyed when I try to try to examine something like Jeff and Yasmin's storyline from a realistic point of view and say, you know, would the police be allowed to look at the phone if they didn't have a reason to look at it? Da 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 da. da. Would it be thrown out because they didn't have a warrant? And then you've got a a, a, a like is she fifteen? Oh, say she is fifteen. Surely, if the social services knew that she had no legal guardian that was available to look after, she would immediately be put into care or a foster home. She wouldn't. They wouldn't just go. Oh, the local vicar's going to take her in. That doesn't make any sense. Oh well, you're best friends with Summer, are you? When you say best friends, you mean you've known her for two (laughs) days, or you bonded over the fact your your parent, your dads are missing. Mm. One of them's dead. Well, that's all right then. No, I know. I know what you mean. It's really. I if I find the unrealistic bits a bit frustrating because they do make it more difficult to take the other bits seriously. Mm. Uh, Pippa concludes, a couple of podcasts ago, you guys mentioned you're not fans of Carla. I feel the same way about her as you do. She used to be my favourite, but since returning to the show, she's struggled to find her feet and hasn't lived up to her former glory. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Carla and why you've fallen out of love with her. I've talked way too much, so I'll end it there, but keep up the good work and thanks for keeping me entertained. You're welcome, Pippa. It's so nice to hear from you. Thank you for writing in. Yes, thank you. Um, Gosh, the thoughts. I think we feel the same way about you. Kind of it's exactly probably summed this, it up. Probably the same everybody Carla used to be my favourite but there are still some there are some huge, diehard fans. fans there are some Carla people that there. are loyal to Carla no matter what she does they will always always be fans of Carla she um, used to be so strong so sassy I so... used to love her being in charge of the factory I think it's because she's not in charge of anything I know she's in the Rovers but she's on a back foot there but just her being in charge she was of just the cool Rover, confident the... laid back she was a businesswoman and no but she was she was concise and decisive and she didn't care if you didn't like it she was a woman who didn't want to be liked and uh, tell you what that is a brave thing i'm to definitely be. seeing shades of carla and elsie tanner as well and we're watching the earlier episodes as well bold and brassy and she if doesn't you... care what people think about her she'll say what she thinks and she'll she wants to have the american gi's she will draped naked breakfast. out of her window then she will if you like carla you'll love elsie tanner because elsie tanner is like Carla but she's a bit more she's a bit more vulnerable but not in a um in a in such a uh dragged out way like Carla's been sad for years now mm. and also Elsie has a bit more of a sense of humor than Carla has yes and she's a bit more quick-witted and and um 
Carla doesn't even have that anymore. I think she used to be, have a bit more quips and she was she put down. So she, she doesn't she even did, do that She anymore. did. Carla's been a victim of people, of, of the show bosses going, we've got a good actress in here. Let's throw a load of drama and problems yeah. and issues and addictions at her. And so, and, all, yeah. and, and, and then she can cry and get all the awards. And, and, it, and, just, and, it, and it just um, drags the character down. She, yeah. she was, it was the feud with Tracy as well yeah, that five years terrible. ago and she was overexposed. Um, and, and since she's come back, she she then had a a breakdown, which was the ultimate um, in in you know rubbish being thrown at Carla. It was and... good for you know, it was good to sort of like for mental you know mental health kind of perspective and um, you know strong a strong woman still is you know if you if you don't feel bad that you 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 can't you're struggling and you can't cope because look even Carla who's like the strongest woman on the street is is struggling and. And stuff, but she just doesn't seem to have the, you know, that the she chutzpah that she back. used to have, and she seems it seems like she's very directionless. And at the moment, yeah. it's just like, yeah, whatever throw her in the rovers, do. why not? I'm not whatever, got, got anything else on at the moment. I'm just Carla Bobber job, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Yeah, it's it's a real, real shame and a real fall I just from used grace. To, to love her striding around the factory, telling Sean off, and getting people to rush orders, and even though with factory stuff was boring on the whole yeah it was just Car- carla just made it fun and interesting because it was good to see a woman in position yeah, of power. And, and coming out on top and mm. being able to manipulate um the other conniving and yeah yeah she was she was awesome i just really like the fact that, she that she's still got it in her about being liked yeah she she there, there is still a possibility of a return to that for carla but i've been saying that for a while now I and know. i've still not really seen it and the fact that no, they're I just know. sticking her in the rovers just to fill a space while jenny and johnny are off in france at the moment yeah shows me that they're still perfectly content for her to carla you know fate. drift carla space filler connor not yeah. exactly a good uh yeah um but you know the other the other problem about saying oh more carla carla this carla that is uh, we come across this problem every time in that the cast is so huge and there are so many talented actors and really fun characters and so many avenues that they could explore they can't do all of it and and the trouble is now the way that soap the way that the way that soaps chase soap awards and the way that viewers watch soaps now it feels like there's only room for two big stories in a year, like a big A story and then mm. a sort of slightly smaller B story, but still, those still will dominate. And then the other stories are kind of like months or weeks long. And so if you're not part of the A or B story, you can forget it. Mm. You're not going to have anything to do. And that's what was been wrong with Toya. When Toya came in, she was part of the big story, like the baby swap stuff. And so yeah. she was in it all the time. And we, you know, set up a really great... Um, a showcase for how good a character Toya is and how brilliantly um, she was played by George Taylor and then went, that's it, you know. Mm. Now we're focusing was on a different... story uh, last year, wasn't yeah, she? She was the star know, of the British so... Got Talent Week. Yeah, it no, was her being an thing. A story, being having a load of drama, drama. and, she, and she, she, she played so, it really well. Yeah, but she did. It didn't make it's me... sad, isn't it? It didn't make me like the character. No, and, and the 12 months before that, she was having her kidneys out. Yeah, that's so, true. So, that they so she's not given... actually due a big story. No. So she's not going to get redeemed, is I, she? I just, I just need to see her succeeding at something. But then, you know, she wasn't necessarily... The reasons I liked Carla weren't necessarily her big stories. It was her her tenacity in, in as a businesswoman that I enjoyed and you don't need that to be part of 
part of a big story. It just needs to be in a scene. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Pepper. And, and, and the fact that she's going out of Peter as well, who should be a big character, but he's also been sidelined Cut so Peter much. Peter has been a bit of a wet blanket for the women he's dated. He just seems to have smothered Toya and Carla. Mm. And even Abby, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> that was unfortunate. Um, yeah, let, let's hope there's there's more to come for Peter and Carla soon, get them back on the map. Finally, we've got um, uh, a message from Fangirl Overload123. He's becoming a bit of a regular on this podcast and says, "I'm. it's official, Nina is my new favourite character. Her friendship with Asha is beautiful. She gave that boy exactly what he deserved and her yeah. pictures of Asha and Roy were touching. Hallelujah, it's a miracle. Adam and Sarah are finally back from their honeymoon. It's only been two months. The Yasmin storyline continues to be great and I loved Alia continuing to stand up for Yasmin. Their relationship reminds me of me and my nana. Aww. Also, I love how Billy and Paul let Kelly stay with them and how... Gail shushed them when they were talking. That was funny. When they were in the awards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder if the Kel mention means that that story is coming back. Oh, maybe. That's why we didn't mention that. It's, it was kind of left on a unresolved yeah, note. And at the time, resolved. it was we, we said, well, is you know, these, these things don't always get solved and put in, put in a nice box with a bow on an end and that's it. Sometimes the perpetrators of crimes get away with it. I even know. soap crimes occasionally. Um, uh, yeah, again, though, this is another example of taking on a issues-based storyline that means a great deal to people who have been traumatised as victims of, of the crimes that they're depicting. So child, child um, abuse and, and coercive control. And it kind of feels a bit like being taken on a ride by somebody to a destination and then they dump you off, a, you know, round the corner and you've got to make your own way there you mm. know like these people have been taken on a journey by coronation street and then sort of left to one side with no satisfactory it ending. wouldn't surprise me if the cow storyline did come back but i think by the time it does i'll be over it and i'll be saying the same thing to that as i am now to the gary and adam feud it's like okay it. here we go let's rev this one up again i've kind of forgotten what happened and i'm not invested but yeah, they are. Anyway, we'll see. Um, finally, uh, Fangalo1123 says that today's episode was a highlight. Character of the week is definitely Nina, and I gave it three and a half ridiculously long honeymoons <laughs> out of five. Oh, Thank you very much for all your comments. I do with a long honeymoon right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you, everybody, who's Thanks emailed in and tweeted us. And Thanks for indulging me in my ranting, even though you had no choice unless you fast-forwarded it, which I guess <laughs> is always an option. You can listen from, to these podcasts on Double Speed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you'd like to contact us in time for next week's podcast, which will be out this time next week, we are at conversationstreet at gmail.com. That is the best way to get in touch with us if you want something read out on the show. We're but, definitely recording earlier. Now there's... The Corrie finishes at 8 o'clock in the UK... Of, oh, a, of a Friday, it's lovely. so much nicer to actually really, really is not being past midnight when we finish. But just just so you know, and and having the middle bit separate. And I know this week our our, our feature discussion on um, Weatherfield at War was released a day earlier, so we we recorded that earlier. But it is very handy to be able to record those middle bits whenever is convenient to us. But my point is, if you would like to put feedback in about the week that just happened, you're going to need to get it into us by. Um, 9pm in the UK UK time on Friday and if you get it to us after that point it's going to be read out the following week well sometimes we have a look as well don't we well but... sometimes people get yeah but I'm just saying if you want to be absolutely sure we're going to have it 
Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. Um, you can also send us your comments via Twitter, via Instagram, like FangirlOverload123 did, um, or Facebook. You can send us messages there, although I don't always remember to check them when I'm coming to put my feedback bits together for Friday. Um, don't forget, we are on Patreon. Thank you to all our patrons who support us on that. And we are on YouTube. This week on YouTube, we uploaded and a classic listener question segment from, it was, it was like last November or so when we talked about favourite weddings and also Coronation Street characters as Pokemon trainers, which oh, um, got a lot of positive People feedback loved it. after we did that. Um, so do, uh, do go back and listen to that if you enjoyed it or if you've only been listening to us for a little bit and you enjoy weddings or Pokemon, you might enjoy us discussing uh, that. Michael, we know that there are some people who even enjoy Pokemon weddings. I know. Yeah. Um, and we haven't had any iTunes reviews for a little while either. So Please could you review us on iTunes thinking if you doing haven't. That, if you like lovely. the show, it would be really nice. Yes. Um, don't forget our extra bonus podcast this week on Weatherfield at War, all about... For VE Day. For VE Day, exactly. Everything that the Cory characters were up to during World War Two and how, how it's been talked about on the show and what was going on on VE Day. Um, in the show, in the show and, and, and anniversaries and of it. It's quite an interesting discussion, I think, that we had. And I don't know what we're going to do in the middle section for next week. We'll have to figure that out over the weekend. We um, can talk about how you, you made soup. Oh, yeah. With Evelyn. Yeah. Keep an eye out. If everything goes to plan, you may be able to watch me attempting to make soup along <laughs> with Maureen Lippman on Tuesday. That could be a disaster. At least you don't have to eat it, though. No, you're not, we're not going to waste food. It's going to be edible. No, food. our listeners don't have to eat it. Yeah, I know. I do. I know, you do. <laughs> However so it turns out. Put it in out. the freezer and you'll be eating it for months. <laughs> right, goodbye, everybody. See you next time. Ta-ra. And the music for the episode came from podcastteams.com. Mm-hmm.